Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show. The Carolina Panthers fell 33-31 to today in a very exciting and valiant effort on the road in what is generally the most inhospitable place to play in the world uh, of football. But luckily and fortunately, COVID uh, kind of has... I guess, nullified many of those advantages. And the Panthers really brought this game down to the wire in what was a very exciting performance and continues to be, each and every week, a a competitive team. And we're going to be talking about it today. We want you to be a part of this show by jumping into the chat room. I see a lot of people already there excited to talk Panthers football. You can call into the show. The number is 252 228-5098. Two two eight fifty ninety eight. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And I encourage you to do the easiest thing you can do to help Panther Nation and this podcast grow. Smash the thumbs up button. Share the link on Twitter, Facebook, or wherever you hang out on social media. And call the number 252-228-5098. And like to welcome in the crew. Cody Lashney, my co-host. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, I'm doing damn fine if I do say so myself. I'm telling you, this weekend has been a weird trend of me feeling really good about my favorite football teams, even after a bad loss. But I'm telling you, man, I feel good about it. Uh, The Panthers looked good today. We took one of the best teams in the NFL down to the wire, man, literally down to an attempt for the longest field goal uh, in the history of the NFL again, which, dude, poor Joey Sly, man, it's just – Always at the door and cannot make history. Uh, but we're going to talk about it, Tony. We have so much to discuss. And as always, we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, baby. Let's do it. Ten, Tizzy, Jermaine Gill, QT Zero, Blake Bettis, Kevin Beauchamp, Lee Trotter, Sarah Taylor, LaShawn Doms, Sweb, Bubba Potch, Chef Alex Jeff, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, man. Tony, Don, the crew's all here. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK, welcome to the show, man. Glad uh, to have you back. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. We've, uh, I think we've just witnessed what a coaching staff that knows how to coach the players they have does. Um, Yeah, it wasn't pretty. There were a lot of things that we need to improve on, but if you watch this game, and you think we aren't just a few pieces away from being the Chiefs? I mean... Yeah, you're just a couple of plays away, honestly. No, no, no. What I'm not, I'm not talking about beating the Chiefs. We are a few oh, players... Oh, being the Chiefs. Being the Chiefs. Just saying, guys. Like, our offense, 
You get the right, right. Uh, you get a tight end in there. You have some of the best wide receivers. Curtis Samuel had over a hundred yards. Our biggest deficiencies right now continue to be our defense in that middle of the 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 field. Um, I told you guys on Tuesday there is one glaring weakness that is going to be a big problem this game, and that was our linebacking core, and that was not helped with the loss of Jeremy Chen. No, uh, actually today, to be honest, uh, going into Arrowhead with no Jeremy Chin and what we have seen has been weaknesses with Tyre Whitehead as the <laughs> the guy called him, getting burned all day like burning tires. Uh, Tyre Whitehead, Shaq Thompson, up and down, you know, made some good plays today and then, you know, didn't make some great plays at times. But I wouldn't say he had a bad game. It was, you know, at first I thought it was like, oh, God, this is going to be a long day. Kelsey was able to eat, though, despite, you know, I mean, Shaq five years ago was brought in to be a Kelsey killer. I mean, that's what he was brought in to be, the athletic. He was, Shaq Thompson in many ways was the guy that we th- that Jeremy Chin is advertised as right now, five years ago. Now he's getting a little bit older, a little longer in the tooth, and maybe that has, you know, worn on his athleticism uh, as well. But uh, I did, I mean, Kelsey did eat today. 10 catches, 159 yards on 12 targets. No touchdowns. Tyreek Hill as well, nine catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Um, so the the Panthers really did put it to a very explosive team, but it took all the stops, guys. It took uh, converting a fourth and 14. It took everything in the kitchen sink when it came to the playbook, it seemed like, as well as a beautiful fake punt by Joe Charlton. Is it Joey Charlton? What's his first name? Do we have two Joe, Joe, we so we got two that. Joes in the two Joey kickers right now. That's interesting. Yeah, man. How about this, man? Uh, dude, I feel like I'm not far off saying that we missed and felt the absence of Jeremy Chen. And it's like, man, it really it, it kind of further cemented what kind of impact the young man has had knowing, you know, seeing what he's done on a down by down basis and then to not have him. Like, man, it was really noticeable. Now, shout out to guys like Sam Franklin, who, by the way, at the end of the game, had some major plays, was balling out, did some good things. Um, Jeremy Chin has really proven to be an asset for us. And, um, you know, in a game where we really needed him, we didn't have him. And I think all of the parts of our defense that we expected to get burned kind of did get burned. I mean, our middle of the field, was you know, always kind of atrocious. To be honest, and, it wasn't uh, as bad as I uh, as it could as have been. As, right, and then uh, Pete Thomas in the chat, uh, he, he brings it up, and I know this is going to be a point of discussion for us today on the show, but he says, I'm over Dante. And Dante Jackson continues to have a lot of problems. Um, I mean, Tyreek Hill abused him, but who doesn't Tyreek Hill abuse? But he also had some bad angles, was just out of place, uh, wasn't fighting for the football. It looked like he was still wincing with pain from that toe injury. Um, and by the way, I hate to get uh, right to the bad stuff, but uh, it looks like Christian McCaffrey was hurt at the end of the game. So, do you uh, think that? Do you have any other information on that, or just him wincing and grabbing of, the shoulder? As of right now, no. And see, I, you say shoulder, but to me, it looked like he was uh, holding his rib, like they were trying to 
fix his pad like to pull it away from his midsection. So I, I don't know if it was a shoulder or what exactly happened to him, uh, but he was hurt at the end of the game and uh, he wasn't feeling good and he, he wasn't on that final drive. We ended up running with Mike Davis at the end of the game. So, um, yeah, tough, man. This is an injury-plagued football team. And well, he was still- there on the final drive. He got he was the one. Remember, he went out of bounds. He he was the one that caught it right before we came out and kicked it. And Chris he lost a yard. Right, right, right. But I think it was just that-, that play. Like he he was on the sideline for for the the start of that that drive, man. Um, and we'll get to Teddy Bridgewater, man. Right. But, oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. We don't want to get to any. I mean, yeah. in fact, actually, the one thing to go ahead and bring up today is that we passed the ball 49 times today. Teddy Bridgewater was able uh 73 complete com- percent completion rate, no interceptions. He was 36 for 49 with 310 yards. This might have been his most prolific passing game, and I've got a lot of thoughts on Teddy. And I might be kind of reshaping. I've been trying to figure out some things about Teddy Bridgewater. I'm starting to, I think, zero in on it a little bit more and refashion some of my ideas. Go ahead and call into the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Don't forget, if you want to go uh, and place a little wager on these 4 o'clock games, if you want to... Um, I don't know. Bet on is I think there's a UFC. There was a UFC fight last night. You can get on uh, the NBA coming back in December. All types of action can be found at found at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code overtime. They'll give you a hundred percent first time deposit match up to a thousand dollars. You can go there. You can bet props. You can bet the NFL. You can bet overs. You can bet parlays. You can have a lot of fun. Feel safe and secure. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code overtime to take advantage of that hundred percent first time bonus offer. Up to a thousand dollar limit, though. But I hey, go and put ten dollars up there. And thanks, eighty nine J studs for the two ninety nine getting in the chat room, supporting the show. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Guys, um, a lot of good things to be said about this team so far. But I think it starts with the coaching staff. You saw a team today. That, uh, you know, I was on Pirate Radio this past week. I go on Pirate Radio 1250. You can catch me uh, 92.7 on FM, Pirate Radio Live on YouTube. And you can uh, catch me every Friday, 3 o'clock. My buddy Clip and I making all the NFL picks. And we always talked, start the segment off with the Carolina Panthers. And he asked me, he says, is there any chance that the – uh, Carolina Panthers can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I said, well, yes, there's certainly always a chance, but it's not like they should be favorites. And one of the, th- the way that I think if they are going to be strongly competitive in this game is to win the way that we have been winning. Uh, and when we have won those three games, maintaining, you know, long drives, not turning the ball over, playing ahead, right, getting ahead and staying ahead, rather than trying to play catch-up and to beat that Kansas City offense by keeping them off the field. That's kind of the recipe that we have used to win the games that we have won so far this season. I think the Panthers sought to do that, were not able to occupy long drives, except, I mean, initially they were in the longest ever drive of the season in that first drive. So you thought, man, this is really going to be great. 
I don't know. Let me see. Time of possession. I'll look it up in just a second what the time of possession was. But we were able to kind of play ahead for the early part of the game. Avoided penalties, uh, avoided turnovers, and were able to relegate that offense to some field goals. But this Panthers team and the coaching staff did not settle for that. And that's what I was excited about is that they kept that recipe but also said we need to step on the gas. If we are going to play and keep up with a team with this, we went for it on fourth down several times. We had a fake punt. Uh, did we have two fake punts or one? I think just one. Just one? This is the second. Okay, so it was just I'm thinking Yeah, we had the second. two onside. Yeah, we had the two onside. And then we had two yeah, – yeah, and then we tried to sneak three, in an onside. Down. Yeah. And then you get the Superman, the new Superman in Charlotte, as in Teddy Bridgewater, gutsy play on fourth and 14. Really, the game would have ended had he had not run for that first down. Um, so I, th- I felt like the Panthers went in there and they threw about everything at them that they could. Maybe the only thing I would say that we did not do maybe aggressive uh, i won't say enough but wasn't we weren't just super aggressive like on blitzing or anything like that but other than that the panthers really put the pedal to the metal and i think that that is we have seen week and week in week and week out the panthers team get better we have seen this coaching staff continue to work with what they got to coach these guys up to get more out of them each and every week and that is all with missing significant pieces on defense and on that offensive line. I think the real storyline going forward and the bright spot, we're going to argue, we can argue about players. We can argue about if we can keep Curtis Samuel. We can argue about uh, whether T- Teddy Bridgewater can be built around and be made into a Super Bowl contending uh, op, you know, team. But I don't think there's really an argument or, or or really any doubt at this in my mind at this point from just the small sample set going of what we've seen so far. Joe Brady is legit. Phil Snow is legit, and Matt Rule is legit. Very excited about having a coaching staff that is a true asset to the team rather than just part of the team. You really are starting to see a picture form of what the Panthers are building. Yeah. Of what they're of what they're trying to 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 do and the team that we're trying to be, um, and again I wanted to make sure, man, eighty nine J Stubbs, uh, he donated, but he left a message, and you put today was the best case scenario, need that draft pick, and listen, man, if you've been following this show, that's kind of been the train I'm on, and that's kind of why this is one of my favorite games, man. Like it it, it had everything that we wanted, it gave us the potential to have a better draft pick. And the Falcons won today. And we saw a gritty football team that refuses to lay down for anyone, man. And listen, you know, I, I'm i still – I haven't changed my tune on Teddy Bridgewater. But I do think today was a, a snapshot of Teddy Bridgewater at his best. And the best that you could hope that Teddy Bridgewater would be. He got the ball out fast. Um, you know, he operated the offense well again. There were plays down the field that had to be made. Again, they didn't come until crunch time. They didn't come until absolutely necessary. But when it was necessary for the long plays to be made, he threw some dimes to Curtis Samuel down the field 
Robbie also Anderson some great and, and let's give some field. credit to those catches, bro. The two the catches oh, for uh, sure. the catch by Curtis Samuel and the identical catch by Christian <laughs> by McCaffrey Christian. were sensational catches. Not to I'm not trying to take away from the throw yeah. and say the throw wasn't there. It was a good read. Maybe I mean you could uh, say it's a, maybe, maybe a little I'm, behind. I guess for both but, of them. If he hit them yeah. in stride, that's a big play. Luckily we still were able to drive down the field. But I'm th- that part I am nitpicking because those were incredible throws. But those guys were wa- there was nobody in front of them. There was no reason for the ball to be thrown. They were running this direction. The ball was thrown here. You know they they had to make an adjustment, and that was just bad throws on both of them. Now I'm not going to take anything away from Teddy. He fought his ass off today. But like if you watch this game, you're going to realize that they game planned exactly for what Teddy was going to be. I mean our offensive, you know Joe Brady. He's running this short – like, he may have passed a lot, but they were short passes. We were not throwing the ball down the field, but we were doing what we could against the top five rated – Not until the defense. fourth. Yeah. yeah. Top five rated defense on the on passing in the NFL. I mean, that's a tough, tough task for anybody, and Teddy Bridgewater didn't cause us to lose the game today. I think that's a plus, but, Cody, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, if if we almost beat these guys playing at a really high level on offense and our defense is probably the biggest question mark. Everybody wants to talk Ben don't break, but we broke a lot and we cannot play the Ben don't break against a team like this. We have to get some punts yeah. and it cannot come in the last series of their offense in the in the game against one of these types when of they have to play conservative by yeah. just without being ridiculous and to be honest the rpo one that set them back was probably a for almost too aggressive of a play yeah to be running and, in that position and we're going to probably talk about time management later i i have a i, I want to get your guys opinion on what we saw and i have a theory on what we saw but uh, I'll get you guys kind of opinion on that. But uh, to answer your Shaq Thompson, he wasn't playing bad today. Um, Travis Kelsey, at least 100 of his yards are at the behest of Shaq Thompson not yeah. actually covering him like he should. There was that 144-yard one, or maybe it was the 30-yard one, that it was a third down, and Patrick Mahomes was rolling to the left. <clears throat> and Shaq Thompson got froze watching Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey just ran by him. He was clearly the guy supposed to be covering Travis Kelsey. Travis He's Kelsey supposed to be open. a Kelsey killer, and he is not. Yeah. So, no, but, I mean, you get, you get – He was. Good- to start his career, yes, he was. He was the guy we were putting out there to stop Tony Gonzalez, to stop yeah. all these dudes. And that, that was the idea is he – remember, he used to play the Buffalo Nickel for That us. was the idea, but he never did. Like, okay, he benefited from Thomas Davis. He did in year one and two. On field, but, like, he never – like, dude, he was not some, like, death trap for tight ends everywhere. Like, I mean, a lot of people – Again, I, I think he was in the track. first two years. I think he I mean, was for the first know. two years. I Maybe. think he's he's gotten slower. I got some other things. Keep going, guys, because I got some other but things. I just I wanted to say one last thing with regard yeah. to this. You know, Teddy Bridgewater at the best that he possibly can be, right? And yes, there has been inconsistencies with his play. Um, you know, and there are some things I'll criticize one hundred and ten percent. But you get a good defense here. This could have been a destruction of the Chiefs. If we had a good defense of any sort, like if our defense, like our defensive line was getting penetration, Patrick Mahomes accounts for a lot of things. But when you have no middle of the field defense that's actually able to stop anything, defense anything that plays so soft 
that that people have at least a 10-yard cover before they have anybody contact them. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster. And if you can fix the middle of the field and our penetration can maintain the level that it's at now, these guys cannot go deep. The only time that he was able to go deep was when he was able to scramble outside of the pocket. So I want to I want to I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater for just a second, and I want to do something specifically. I want to praise Teddy Bridgewater and give him credit for things that I did like, and then I want to you know uh, basically tell you a, a real problem that I see with Teddy Bridgewater, so that way people can hear me being fair, doing both of them back to back. Okay, yeah. one, Teddy Bridgewater can extend the play. I mean, the the pocket broke down, and for a few weeks in a row now, Teddy Bridgewater makes plays with his feet, man. Did y'all notice that touchdown run? He kind of did a little hurdle over one of the guys right into the end zone. Like, listen, man, Teddy's out there uh, fighting for yards, and I respect that, man, because we've talked about him uh, not being the leader, and part of being a leader on a football team is putting your body on the line. Saying, hey, and man, good pocket nothing... presence in comparison yeah, to what man, we saw like, with Cam Newton for so for long. Sure. Cam Newton did have well, bad pocket presence. Well, like no, he just he was so. About, no, no, let's not even talk about Cam, man, because it's really not. It doesn't. It doesn't even do do good to make the comparison because they're so not comparable on a number of different things. Yeah. Plus, right. Fans keep telling us that. But we we've to, like, seen what happens when quarterbacks fans. don't climb a pocket. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Well, that cam was a footwork thing. But anyway, whatever. Look, then I also want to mention this, right? Teddy put it on the line when he needed to put it on the line. But the final drive of the game kind of lends to my point on why Teddy Bridgewater and his lack of, one, arm talent, and number two, his his ability to uh, just really uh, throw the football into a tight window. If you notice... Uh, you know, at the end of a football game, when you're trying to march down the field, the clock is your enemy. So one of the best things that guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees do is they will throw darts to the sideline. I mean, right to the sideline so that their receivers can catch the ball and get out of bounds. Did you notice that on that on that drive when we're trying to get into field goal range, Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball too early because he couldn't gun the football to the sideline. If he would have been able to do that, then our guys could have got out of bounds and we wouldn't have had to spike the football two times in a row. Arm talent is so important on like first and 10, being able to pick up seven or eight yards in a flash so that way you're in second and two, second and three, and now you have options available to you. That's what a franchise quarterback is supposed to be able to do for you. And even on some of the balls down the field, they kind of float in the air for an extended period of football uh, or for an extended period of time. And Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson do have to go up and make a play on the football, which they have been doing. Um, so credit to them. Um, again, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, but I think that's all he is. And I think he continues to show that. And our play calling and our offense has been built very well around him, I think. I think I've I've learned uh, for weeks I've been saying this, and I even said it on Pirate Radio this past Friday in this exact manner, is that our inability throughout this season to this point to stretch the field, 
I don't know exactly why it's been the case, but there's been three factors that are part of it. And I haven't, I don't know. And I'm starting to get a little bit more understanding. I think one is Teddy doesn't have elite arm talent. He, you know, I was starting to ask, could he throw it deep? I think uh, now I've, I've kind of decided this is that he can throw it, throw the ball well enough to hit some deep routes. It's just not like what Patrick Mahomes can do where he can flick it 40 yards with his wrist essentially. But it's not like he can't like where we were seeing that those years where injury had set in for the man who we cannot name his name on the podcast where you were saying he physically can't do it. But it's not the elite arm talent. Second question is about pass protection. Is this about the are these you know, is he not having time? Is Are these routes not able to develop down the field? And is that why the underneath game has been present? And third, and now I think this is what it truly is. I think Teddy's just conservative. I think that he just prefers to take the three-yard pass than to take the riskier downfield throw. Yeah. And it really almost felt like today that – Everybody forced it on him, and to be honest, it was work. It, like it was like yes, it's working. Like I mean, I just think we need to do it more. Something that you've also said, Cody, and I think Teddy should have some more confidence. Uh, I saw this. Uh, J Dub says it's not like our offensive line was exactly holding up. Okay, I'm gonna say that. Okay, today that the Kansas City Chiefs were able to disrupt the pocket, but they were not sacking Teddy like crazy. No. Teddy was able to – he does get the ball out quickly. He does move around in the pocket well. So, uh, unlike some things, he's not giving up easy sacks in a way. I think it's kind of a cop-out, though, to talk junk about this offensive line. I think they've – played very well this season overall despite not having all the pieces on the field each and every week uh yeah. i think that we can be better as of offensive line but i i think it has to do more with a little conservatism on teddy's part and maybe even the play i don't know if it's the play calling or what what teddy just does so well those timing routes you know the I. You know he just hits the guy in stride. It seems like a very Drew Brees esque type of game. And when I say Drew Brees, I mean in the last three years type Drew Brees. I think the pass protection has been adequate. Yeah, maybe that's from just because I've been so accustomed to watching the most horrific offensive lines in the history of sports for the past six years or whatever it may be. But I do have one concern. I was going to say this. If there are, I praise the coaching staff. When I walked into this show talking about the future is bright, I have two criticisms in this game so far. Number one is on the coaching staff, and that is, why did Mike Davis only have in the first return of Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis rushes the ball for a total of one one attempt for three yards, we asked how the workload would work. We did not run the ball very much, but Christian McCaffrey did have 18 attempts versus the Mike Davis one attempt. Uh, Mike Davis was involved in the passing game. He had six targets, five receptions, 34 yards. 
Um, but again, the nut that we can, no one seems to be able to crack is how to use Christian McCaffrey and other running backs. And it's, they were doing it more with Curtis Samuel had more carries than Mike Davis today. So there's my first criticism. Number two is not a criticism as more, more as an observation. I guess Greg Little, we were starting to get a little excited about him potentially being a role player going forward or being showing some promise. I guess we overplayed that because he lost his job immediately to Dennis Daly and Scott. No, and was he hurt? Am I missing something? I'm a little saddened. I was thinking not that he would be the long-term answer, but he would be part of a long-term solution for this offensive line. I'm not getting that feeling after today. Yeah, and I think someone, I think uh, J-Dub even mentioned it too, like how many teams have a left tackle rotation? You know, it's like that doesn't happen very often and it shouldn't happen for a reason, you know, like that's the guy protecting your quarterback's blind side. Um, But, you know, I think it's funny because, again, I'm not the one bringing up Cam Newton here. Let the record show, okay? I do. I'm not doing it. Right, so, okay, but I think it's funny, like all the people who used to get mad at us for like, giving cam newton a pass on things they're trying to do the same thing for teddy bridgewater it's like like they said that oh whenever cam didn't make a play we would blame it on the offensive line and then you know it's like now it's like the vice versa it's the the repeat of that i am trying my hardest to judge teddy bridgewater completely independently of cam newton and who he was or who we wanted him to be because one it's pointless and number two, even though I think we have the right to do it because the Panthers literally and financially chose Bridgewater specifically over Cam Newton, even though I think it's apt for us to make that comparison, like I'm really trying not to. I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater, like, and I've said this before, exactly like I do Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Jimmy Garoppolo at his highest level is a game manager quarterback that you only trust to push the football down the field in moments when you absolutely have to, in moments when you absolutely have to. And by the way, I don't even know how long Garoppolo is going to be the head quarterback for the 49ers after this year because he's injury prone. And it, again, it's like Andy stinks. I think yeah, I think it's, it's like, almost an insult to Teddy to call him Teddy, to compare him to Garoppolo. But, but Garoppolo is far more accomplished than Teddy right now. I mean, that just is what it is. And they're the same. So, uh, the comparison I'm making is about the play style and what they do in their offense. And it's, you know, they, they're very comparable quarterbacks. Uh, Tony, before we go any further, uh, listen, man, we have 56 people watching and there's 20 thumbs up on the video, man. Fix that shit. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Keep pounding that like button. Let's we go like, uh, you know, a surprise CK this week was uh, I saw a lot of Ian Thomas on the field. Uh, CK dropped out. He, I think he'll oh. come back or something. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got to look at the what, I'm sitting here looking at everything. But uh, I was, I was uh, we saw more Ian Thomas this week than we've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he I, wasn't really like, it wasn't pr- in productivity necessarily, but I noticed him a lot out on the routes. Uh, I want to yeah. know is this, does he look bigger to you? 
And I, I mean, he just looks like a bigger frame than he did last year. And I don't know if that means putting on weight. Uh, also, an interesting note, um, we were 7 for 16 on third down, not bad. 3 for 3 on fourth down, very good when it comes to that. The Chief, This was one of our better games on defense on third down. The Chiefs were 6 for 11 on third down. Oh, all right, so I, wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you this, too, and I put this on Twitter. Like, Was it me, or did Patrick Mahomes like, not have one of his better football games today? I no, feel like uh, – yeah, I feel like he was missing some uh, kind of simple throws. CK uh, uh, said something came up, so he had to dip out. You're cool, man. Um, but, yeah, I felt like there was some – I don't know what it was. Either the timing of the offense, of Kansas City's offense was off, or Pat was just – missing some throws i think that- he just actually looked normal today is like is that you just yeah. you, you know it's like oh my when he so he missed a wide kind of a wide open throw very wide open throw to tyree kill where franklin they highlighted on the broadcast where franklin kind of bit when tyreek ran the post i guess the and then he ran the other post, whatever. Like, he goes right, and then he bit on that, and he was like, you ain't catching Tyreek Hill. And, um, you know, it was just off, yeah. and you just don't – and I think they even said that in the broadcast. We're just so accustomed to him being, like, 100% that when he's yeah. 89% of whatever, that we're kind of it's like, noticed. what the heck – yeah, is yeah. what the heck's going on. Um and yeah, I would say he was uh he was thirty for forty five, dude. So that is thirty for forty five. He oh what about sixty seven percent completion rate? Uh, yeah, that's you know three hundred and seventy two yards, four touchdowns, no interception, and he had an off day. Yeah, man, but. But okay, uh, and again, this goes back to that franchise quarterback thing, man, and how we don't have it. You see that even when they were down, one of the reasons why they were able to get back up so quick is that they could flip the field in an instant. Well, yeah, I think that's why we didn't have a problem onside kicking it and losing it is like it's almost like, hey, it's like they're either going to go 30 or 80 and uh, and get a touchdown anyway, or are you just trying to hold them to a field goal? I thought, you know, it's like uh, when we walked into the half, that was like I, I needed to be we needed to be up like 48 to 17 to feel even good about the second half. And I still wouldn't have felt great. But no, is that that uh, that's less about our team and more about how sensational Patrick Mahomes is. And look, he makes Tyreek Tyreek Hill is like a the top five receiver, top three receiver in the league. And I don't think he would be that in in, in other places. They, 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 there's the thing with Kansas where all the talent that they have benefits every other talented player. Right, so, right, yeah, right. it's like when you're Tyreek Hill, it helps when you have Travis Kelsey on the field and when right. you have Nicole Hardman and when you have, you know, all these other guys. And now they added uh, the running back from LSU, uh, Clyde Edward Lair. Uh, and, and, you know, they have, they have options, they have weapons, they have built that team uh, how you should. And again, man, that goes back to why I'm saying, like, listen, I mean, if you've been following this podcast, you know I'm a Clemson fan. And last night I saw my Clemson Tigers go into uh, three overtime sessions and still lost. And I came away feeling so proud because we had a backup quarterback. All these different players were down on our defense. 
and I know we're probably going to play them again. Well, and it's weird because today I had the same thing with the Panthers. It's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rage Real said in our chat room says, give some credit to our defense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes, but our defense just shut him down. And you mentioned that, Tonya. Like, there's some there's some merit to that. Like, our defense did play well. And even when we have so many players down and injured, like, our defense rises to the occasion, even without Jeremy Chin, even without K1 Short. Like, I saw someone say they're not sold on Phil Snow. I don't really know what more you want to see from the old-timer, man. Like, our defense plays, I think, better and better every single Sunday. They're giving With our offense. Half of them are rookies and the other half are yeah. bums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're relying on Terrell Whitehead out here, man. Shit's getting real. Dante like, Jackson's our number one corner, and he's the worst yeah. one. I want to say the worst it's, is he. Went, <laughs> you know, had a tough matchup today, but just, you know, he's. You were hoping he was going to be kind of coming into his superstar role, like a Tyreek Hill has kind of walked yeah. into his. Um, yeah. Now it's not all on Dante Jackson. We'll have to go back and look at the film. But yeah, is that you're talking about this defense? Is that look? Jermaine Carter is the best damn linebacker on the team today. True that. True that. Church. Church. You know? Hey man. Um, I mean, uh, Derek Brown with his customary penalty or two. Right. He's got <laughs> every time. You know, I think he's just playing again. I continue to say is that he feels like he's kind of doing it alone. And I don't know if that's even fair to say because I one other thing, Brian Burns continues to be a sensation. Yeah, man. Just amazing. Really good. has football instincts. I love that. Knows how to read a play so quickly. Dude, uh, that read option that he just did not fall for. Man, that was so beautiful. That's just that's watching film. That's watching film and being uh, uh diligent and minding your P's and Q's. And man, he's on it, dude. He is my favorite player on this football team by far. I gotta say, Zach Kerr might be becoming our new Kyle Love, right? Is that an underrated player with a kind of a motor for a big boy that's crazy and yeah. a lot of enthusiasm? Uh, and really, the reason I'm pointing that out is that Franklin on that drive that Franklin made the two good plays where he sacked uh, Patrick Mahomes, who really should have thrown the ball away but just yeah. thinks that he can never do anything. Nothing ever catches up to him. Uh, Franklin makes the play. Zach Kerr was the biggest cheerleader in the whole bunch. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so to me, it was – I mean, so I see a lot of upside. I don't think you can um, – I don't think we could really scheme on our defense to be that much better. If anything, you just say we're a little conservative when it hey, comes about, to blitzing. Um, and also, probably our weakness on the other side of the ball, Cody, which I saw today, and this is probably the most upsetting thing to me, and this is why everybody keeps saying it's the offensive line, we're just not really good at getting the blitz, man. When people blitz us, it's like always squeaks through somehow. Yeah. Uh, so. it, it's, it's that interior. Uh, we, we, have, we don't really have starting quality interior offensive line play, and I think that – now we're seeing with our center that Matt Paradis is only really good when he has two competent guards to his 
to either side. Yeah, uh, and, we're gonna uh, have to re. We're gonna have to retool it at center really and, soon. Yeah, and, well, and we have we literally have no choice. I think we have them for another year on contract. I mean, we we do not have a, a long term option uh, at center. Uh, by the way, before we move on further, we're talking defensive line. Uh, I also wanted to mention Bravion Roy, too, out of Baylor. Um, he kind of flashed early as well, and I think he's kind of shown out some, too. Um, yeah, he, I know very happy. And that's a, a late-round yeah. pick, right? Fifth or sixth yeah, round? I, I, I think that was a sixth-round pick. Uh, I know some of the guys over at 4-Man Rush, which is another Panthers uh, uh, YouTube channel, really like him, too, and they like what he did at, uh, at Baylor. So, yeah, man, he really uh, – I mean, he's – we have guys that are stepping up, man. It's like, uh, yeah. again, we did that to the Chiefs. We're super with competitive. A, we're yeah, competitive every no week. Names. Yeah, With a bunch of no names on our roster, essentially. It's like when you're missing your, what, what, what was Jeremy Chen, late second round pick? Like when your late second round pick is, you know, is a notable absence on your football team, like, that should tell you what we're working with right now and still managing to look like a good football team. All right, like, let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Be a part of the show. Smash the thumbs up button. Share the show with a friend. 252-228-5098. What's going on, C3 Nation? This is boy, Jay Anderson. This guy's watching the game. Very entertaining game. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect them to, I had a little chance of expecting them to be this close of a, uh, of a game. But I know there's no such thing as moral victories, but with this young team, you know, got I mean, there's a moral victory in that. Cause I thought shoulder Kansas City's, you know, Chiefs was going to spank them like no other, but you know, <laughs> Matt Rule and the guys, they came out with a game plan. They, you know, the time of possession, and they execute it. So I give them props to that, I mean, I mean, we could get on the defense, but, you know, it's kind of like, what do you expect? against Patrick Mahomes and them boys, man. No, so I feel like 33 is like uh I mean, they did man. what they only, you know, they could have done. They came through at the last, they came through at the last minute, so I got to give them that. They, they did their thing, so. You know, I know it's no such thing as more victories, but I give I give them one for this. Junkie New York, I give them one for this. All right, y'all. I like that. I mean, like, there is, like you said, there's no moral victories when it comes to, and I don't think that the team is going to walk around saying that. You know, Matt Rule's not going to get on the podium and say this is a win for us, even though it's not a win in the win column. These guys are out there playing hard. And, boy, they are taking yeah. these games down to the line. Every week, you know what I'm saying? So is that, again, like, it's just being able to capitalize in the red zone all the time. That's where the Chiefs, I mean, it's like, that's where we're, and I think that's what CK was kind of alluding to, is us being kind of really close to being them, is that we're just not over the hump and getting in the end zone every time. Uh, and, And when they don't get in the end zone, it's kind of weird. Like, it's like, oh, God, they kicked it. They had to, you know, Harrison Butker's having a hard year, tough year. Um, but no, is that I think that there is a lot of upside to this. Some question marks, though, and not questions, observations more. Um, I was very happy for the first few weeks of our season 
and in juxtaposition between our previous regime and the person who has no name versus Teddy Bridgewater and the new regime is that we seem to have these plays getting called in earlier. We were up at the line earlier. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that play clock creeping down, creeping down, and we've had to burn a lot of timeouts because uh, we're about to get delay of penalty game, uh, delay of game penalties. You saw that in the first half. I won't say, look, it's like I don't want to overpick nits, but if you are going to beat a superior team, you don't want to make those types of mental errors or those just errors. And it goes back a couple of weeks ago. We did this. I think we had to take a timeout and got a delay of game penalty after a timeout at one point. So we were able to get away with that in the first half. It was not that was not the problem in the second half where we were had to burn all our timeouts just to get a final attempt. But that's one mm-hmm. observation that I've just noticed, and I don't know why that is necessarily. Um, but what did you think? I uh, we went on to the Panthers roundtable last week, right on last Sunday, one week ago, to with all the YouTubers, and one comment that was just like, I mean, we kind of dis we agreed on a lot of things, I think, with some people, but uh, our podcast, I felt like, had some differing opinions when it came to the coaching staff. Uh, at times as well as maybe even with Teddy a little bit and some other things. But one person was like, this coaching staff and time and clock management. And I was like, yeah, like, that's, it, I, I, like I don't feel like was there anything I saw someone uh, seeing some things like the final timeout in this game. Is there anything that has stood out stood out to you that this coaching staff can do better about game management? Um, okay, so uh, uh, two things real quick. Uh, my man KD Van is in the chat saying that we don't give Teddy Bridgewater any credit. And he showed up like KD. But to, call. Yeah, to, every, <laughs> to everyone here that listened to us, give Teddy Bridgewater credit, man. Y'all tell him that we did, okay? Number two, uh, Tony, my man uh, Tyler has to work a, a late shift or um, something like that. He was wondering if he can get his call bumped up before he has to go to bed. That's uh our man Tyler Lovato. But yeah, as far as um while you're searching for that, what I think about this coaching staff, and again, I've said this, I think that um, you know, we're trying to uh make uh lemonade out of lemons. I think our offense and defense from a roster perspective is fairly limited. So I don't really know how you can give a truly negative assessment of what Joe Brady or Phil Snow have done and and as someone who's been um a, a big joe brady fan ever since the moment that we hired him um I, I i'm more impressed with phil snow this whole timer that's been bumping around from uh temple to baylor who's been with matt rule the whole time like again he's putting together trying to put a gourmet meal with some, you know, McDonald's. Kind of. Stuff. Have you ever watched that cooking show where they give them the basket? Uh, t- and yeah, they chopped, got a yeah, chop. Yeah, yeah. and then it's show. like That's we want you show. to make this, but you have yeah. to use like peeps, gummy worms, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like a bunch of trash materials. Like, dude, listen, I'm saying Matt Rule is a chop champ, bro. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I think our coaching staff. Uh, has done a damn good job. I'm proud of them. 
And, and listen, uh, today more than ever, tell me, tell me what you think about this. Now more than ever, I feel like no matter what happens with this season, I do feel like our future is in good hands. Oh, um, all right. So I got two comments on that. Uh, my okay. two comments on this is for, and please go. Ch- I, I don't like, I don't want to be vindicated, right? That's not the purpose of me saying this. It's more about me just saying I've been consistent on some things in this yeah. podcast. For years, I said that I liked Ron, like I talked about the good things about Ron Rivera. From even to Mike Shula to I love I I was a North Turner kind of fan. I didn't think he was a weakness for us or anything like that. But one of the things I always said about the Ron Rivera era, and I continue to say it, is that he didn't really necessarily give us an advantage. And it wasn't like I didn't go, you know what? One or two games a year are going to be won because of the greatness of our coaching staff. I didn't say that. I never just thought that. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, I would argue that we have a coaching or we're putting, assembling a coaching staff right now. When I say assembling, I think we got the basic, the the main parts. I don't know about the assistants and the little assistants and the, you know, all those guys and how, how much of an advantage they will be down the road. But I think our coaching staff is, is, we're starting to see what a staff that can give you an advantage is. And they are an asset, you know, as they are an asset from week to week. And, you know, look, we're coming off a little mini buy with Thursday night football. And we we look prepared and we looked aggressive and we looked aggressive not to just be aggressive, but taking opportunities that were given us to us to be aggressive. Like with those, we didn't just call a fake punt to call a fake punt is like we were like luring them in. We were luring them in, and it looked like so. I'm. I think that this coaching staff has become an asset to us. And the second thing I already forgot, I had another thing I wanted to say. What was the other question you had? Was, um, oh, do I think the the future is bright? Yeah, that was the, my question. I have yes. feel like, that, that like I, uh, for the first time ever, I have a genuine feeling of, oh, we're gonna be all right. The one concern I had about bringing in Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Less about Phil Snow because he's had some NFL experience and he's long in the tooth. And it wasn't a concern. It was just we had to wait and see. Would the typical adjustment to the NFL that seems to be such a barrier for a lot of coaches going from college to the NFL. And I think it has to do with interacting with pro players. I don't even think it's about like, it's like, I, I don't think it's like about knowing how to, what football is and how to draw plays. The barrier seems to be like, how do we deal with pro athletes? How do we deal with roster management? How do we deal with all of these, uh, these kind of nuanced aspects? And I wanted to see, would that be, how would this coaching staff respond? And you know what? They've met every challenge. Joe Brady, a guy who is unproven in many ways or inexperienced, to say the least, L- lacks certain, you know, just a long history, a tenure, right? Yeah. So you just you're saying, is it going to work? You know what? It is. Matt Rule, a coach that hasn't coached, you know, for a l- tremendously long time, right? Was it going to work? 
where was the reputation going to translate? And it is. So, yes, that's where I do believe the future is bright. And I think uh, I've been pretty consistent in these. Hold on. Let me see. He said it was 6414. Let's see if this is the call right here. Let's go to the calls. I'm hoping this is Tyler. What's up, C3 Podcast? It's Run DMC Lovato. Yep. Let's go. And, uh, first thing I want to say is what a game, man. That was entertaining from start to finish. Uh, this game, I'm, this coaching staff, they came to play, man. And so did this, so did this, so did these players, man. Every one of them. Even, even Teddy Bridgewater, which I'm about to get into in a minute. But, uh, man, this is a great game. And, uh, I'm happy to have McCaffrey back, but I think we definitely missed Jeremy Chin this game. I think he could have held Kelsey below 150 yards receiving if he was on out in the field. But uh, I felt our coaches did amazing. I love the aggressive play calling against a great team like the Kansas City Chiefs, going for the fake punt, the onside kick that I didn't even expect the onside kick. I actually called before the uh, fake punt. I just called the fake punt uh, to my wife before. I'm like, we're gonna. It's gonna be a fake. It actually happened. I feel like I know this coaching staff now. So I'm getting used to them, and I'm loving their aggression. And uh, but I'm gonna get on this Teddy Bridgewater thing real quick. Um, he had a, he had a good game for him today, but like I said, for him, I know he took, I know he ran and dove for us and put his body on the line for this team, but he's still not it, guys. Like if, if we had a a quarterback that could throw the ball deep. Especially when we're on those two-minute drives, throwing checkdowns, that is just fucking pathetic. And the deep ball accuracy of Teddy Bridgewater this game was fucking pathetic. Every one of our receivers, and, and even McCaffrey, they were just making all the plays. I mean, he, Teddy had a couple good throws this game, but I mean, he just—he's not it. Like he's a—I think he's a great bridge quarterback, literally in his name, Bridge. That's what—that's what the fuck he is. And we need to fucking. It's great that we lost this game because we have a real good shot of getting a Zach Wilson and a Trey Lance this year in the draft. I know you guys are tired of hearing this shit, but it's the fucking truth. We need a, a guy who can throw the ball deep. And I know for a fact if we draft one of these quarterbacks with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, they can turn one of these Trey Lances or Zach Wilsons into a fucking Justin Herbert-type quarterback. Like, we could have a real legit offense that has a deep threat it, it would just be amazing to watch if we got to get a great quarterback. But that's, I'm not saying yeah. that he's trash. I'm just saying he's not enough to win a Super Bowl. And if you, yeah. the whole point is to win a fucking Super Bowl. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Run DMC Lovato's out. Run DMC, man. Appreciate the call. Um, I, I feel like I've made my my opinions on Terry Bridgewater pretty well known. I know he, uh, he was in the chat talking about uh, Zach Wilson, who I've been a big proponent of. Uh, lately, and um, yeah, listen, I with Teddy Brid and I, Tony, you've heard me say this exact phrase Teddy Bridgewater is who we thought he was, like, he is who we thought he was. Like, that's this is the kind of performance. Like, today, how many times did you say he Teddy threw the ball? Like, 49 something times, yeah, 49. and had a 70 and had like a 72 percent completion percentage or something, like. You know, again, it's this is who Teddy Bridgewater is. And you can make the case that, oh, well, you know, we can do something like 
for example, what the 49ers did and just build up sure. a great defense and a bunch of pass catchers that make plays similar to what we already have um, and just build up the offensive line and let them roll. And maybe we can do that. I don't know. But it does get down to it, man. Like with how we've been talking about Joe Brady and how he has made some great calls and it does feel like now we have that young dynamic play caller uh, that can change the game just based on his know-how and his whereabouts of X's and O's. If you gave Joe Brady a quarterback that can execute to all levels of the football field and be mobile, man, if we're in the in a position to draft a guy like that this year, which I think right now we're sitting at number 10 um, in the pecking order. So I, I, I don't know, like, other uh that's where Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, like that's around the range that they were drafted in. So if we have the opportunity, we should absolutely pull the trigger on a quarterback of the future if we believe that we have the guy. Um and other than that, man, dude, this is the today the Panthers played their best football game of the whole season. I genuinely believe that. Today was their best performance. I, um, you know, I don't know what to say other than, um, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to, I guess we're always worried about like, are we shitting on someone? Are people interpreting? It's like, if you agree with us, then we're not shitting on him. If you don't agree with us, then we're shitting on him. Right. When it comes to, to Teddy Bridgewater. I, I agree with you. I think he is what he, what we expected him to be. And if that's, that's okay if that's what we think we're going to build around. And I know that that's not popular with you. I was asked on Pirate Radio this past week by my buddy Chandler, who I'm going to bring on the sh- on the podcast soon. He said, do you think that Joe Brady is frustrated with Teddy's uh, inability to stretch the field and create kind of that dynamic? Mm-hmm. You know, And what he said is this, do you think he's frustrated coming from LSU where he – like called everything and anything in this explosive offense. And I said, no, he can't be frustrated because they orchestrated this, right? It's like, this is what you wanted and that's fine. And so I do, I want to know, I I won't, and we're not going to overly spend too much time on this because the draft is so far out. The future is so far out. And this is a post game show dealing with today. But you know, if you're not in the range of getting one of those top you know if you're not a top five pick and you're not going to trade up right if you're not going to do those things maybe this is a year we can pick a dang top end defensive end to pair with brian burns because let's go ahead and face it folks we are trotting out half rookies and half nobodies and fa obata who is play who plays with his all with all plays hard every week it's not like he's ultimately a weakness. Like I'm like, oh God, we'd be so much better if we didn't have FA Obata. But he's starting. It's not like we have Bosa and this on the, you know. So there yeah. is an opportunity if you don't see the Panthers. If the Panthers don't feel like building, um, getting that kind of game changing quarterback that can start in a year. If they don't feel that that's the, that they're in the range to do that this year, there might be a real opportunity to two years from now build a San Francisco 49er type team around Teddy. 
keep in mind the San Francisco 49ers had like four or five years of top five picks, all of which were used on the defensive line. Right. So, right. you know, that. They, but we you know, have free agency top- money. We're going to have free agency money. You know, so there's some right. things. So, I, you know, we don't know. I don't know what the, the future is. If, if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy in the long after year three. But I do expect him to be the quarterback next year. Even if you go and get a top-tier quarterback, you can do. You have the luxury of if you bring in someone and you don't think they're ready and you don't want to start them from day one, you have the opportunity to do that with this with with the players you've got. So uh, I would say this is good. Good game by Teddy Bridgewater today in no turnovers. I think we saw exactly what Teddy's limitations were, but also today, instead of talking about his limitations, we saw a lot of the things he does bring to the table, you know, and maybe that is a little too conservative at times. Maybe there's some things that were left on the field, but he did really take a lot of advantage over it. Now, oh, I did have one other point about this. Guess who I saw come immediately tweet now after that Teddy Bridgewater Superman dive? Justin, uh, Brandon Herbert. Oh, Brandon Herbert's like, I don't care what y'all say about Teddy. He plays with heart. Like, okay. Well, I was like, welcome back. We haven't seen you in weeks uh, when we weren't, when Teddy wasn't playing all that great. And second, I have a real problem with Panthers Twitter. Particularly some people in the media who are always kind of on our ass. And I say our ass because we're like the fan voice. You know, it's like we can be absurd. We don't have to be objective. In fact, the whole point of this podcast is not necessarily to be fully objective, but to have fan-driven discussion. So, like, I'm going to cheer for people. I'm going to hate certain people on the team. I'm going to love certain people on the team. I'm going to hate the Falcons. But this whole... Man, we really made the right call with Butker. That shit's got to go, folks. You guys always talk shit to us when we overplay uh, criticism or or pick yeah. on the smallest things. Harrison Butker has been like money for two full-on years. He's having a tougher year. I don't know if you saw it today. The wind was kicking, though. It wasn't yeah. like it was that easiest kicking environment. But these people coming out of the woodwork being like, huh, looks like the Graham Gano pick looking better and better. Well, guess what we don't got? We don't got Graham Gano because he sucked. Yeah. Like, so. dude, it, 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 anyone who's choosing the kicker hill to die on, uh, they're going to die pretty quick. I, uh, okay? If we don't have it, Graham Gano, we don't have Harrison Butker. And, uh, you know, I know CK really likes Joey Sly. Yeah. I think we all kind of like Joey Sly, but again, we keep on putting him in these situations where we make him win the game with these crazy field goal attempts from 62 fucking yards. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, I feel for the guy, man. They And a, a crazy question to put on pause, though, is that this team felt like they had maybe a better opportunity to win the game with Joey Sly kicking a 67 yard field goal in somewhat windy conditions versus a Hail Mary pass attempt. I don't know what yeah. that tells us, but um 
I think this, as I said today, is that Panthers Twitter is like the reverse Michelle Obama. When they go high, we go low. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go to the next call. Right now, watching Charleston. the game. Uh, Kevin from Charleston. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. He can't throw downfield. He's watching Patrick Mahomes throw it. It's amazing. Mm. Our cornerbacks are horrible. Like, horrible. <sighs> true. I true mean, statement. I'm seeing Travis Kelsey burning cornerbacks. Like, a corner. It's supposed to be fast as shit. You're getting burned by a tight end? I mean, I know it's Travis Kelsey, but shit. Our safeties and uh, linebackers trash. Again, All right. Probably going to lose this game now. It's in the third or fourth. But I'm glad their offense is doing something. But yeah, definitely need that that quarterback who can actually make plays. I mean, how they said Teddy Bridgewater has two touchdowns. How was that Curtis Samuel a passing touchdown? How was that fucking handoff? They did this. We got the oh, same thing a couple of weeks ago because it's a forward shuffle. Like it's yeah. a, cause he actually flips it to kind of, yeah. And they did the same thing. I think, of, um, was it, uh, was it Curtis Samuel? Yeah. It was like the last time. It was like, uh, and he had two, more or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's, yeah. All, that's all his yards, man. Everyone goes <laughs> out at how many yards, uh, Teddy Bridgewater has on the season. And they're all plays like that, where he'll just do a little shovel pass to someone, and then either DJ or Christian or, or whatever, they take it the rest of the way, and it counts towards his passing yards. Speaking of, we had a couple of screenplays that really worked today. Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel, yeah. great there in that. Um, also, we actually stopped a screen pass or two today. Um, but continuing, I know, look, is that, look, we're not trying to dump on, Te- this is not a dump on Teddy Bridgewater show. It's actually been a, probably Teddy's best game. I would say arguably his most, if now, and it, it didn't come till late that, that aggressive downfield out of necessity, but as it um, always does, I will say too, is that if you think that we're just making crap up. You cannot tell me that when they put on the screen that we have the most productive wide receiver core in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. You can't tell me that that's a little surprising. Like, I mean, like, I've been watching all these games, and I mean, yeah, all like, I've been a giant Robbie Anderson fan, and we've actually been pretty hard on DJ all year. Come on. Yeah. You did, you, does that just feel – I mean, I'm not saying it's not a fact. I'm just saying it's – I was like, whoa. I mean, listen, little... this has been fair. Listen, oh, the, 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 the craziest part of the opposition is the loudest, right? Like most the, – the, the people that are on the fringes are the ones screaming and shouting the loudest. So everyone that's like, oh, you guys just do nothing but shit on Teddy Bridgewater, blah, 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 blah. Dude, if you actually listen to what we say, I think we have been and continue to be incredibly fair. We gave him the opportunity to be like, okay, this is our idea of who you are before you even became a Panther. Now you have the opportunity to change that narrative and prove that we don't know shit, that we're just fans and that you actually are the guy. This is your opportunity. And in certain aspects, he has done that. 
he runs the offense incredibly well and efficiently. But it is very easy and clear to everyone who knows even a little bit about football that there are things that other quarterbacks can do that Teddy Bridgewater won't do. That doesn't mean he won't put himself on the line or win a football game. Again, he was you know, he, he extends the pocket, runs for first downs. You know, he's a baller. He wants to go out there and play, but you just can't expect um too much from our passing. And I think he does one. things that other people don't do. Right? Is that we yeah. can't can we be fair as this is to say that everybody has strengths and weaknesses in their game and there are very For few sure. people there are very few people that don't and those are the super transcendent ones like For a Patrick sure. Mahomes, mobile, cannon, gutsy, not like right. you know what I mean, like all of these things. Right. Those are yeah. those are rare. They're rare. And so when you say that his strength is not the downfield game, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have other strengths. And I think that we've seen the juxtaposition and I think that this is the where I think a lot of Teddy stands and I don't know if that's offensive these days or whatever, but I see the kids use that nah, term. You're good. Uh, stands is stands is good. They uh is that we also have seen problems with poor completion percentages from quarterbacks for dating back to Cam, right? Like, I mean, is that that hasn't been their strength of their game necessarily. Yeah. And so when you see that, uh, it is refreshing. And here, no turnovers. Again, a big deal. I think a problem today, I want to know why is Mike Davis – why are we not going to be able to how to figure it out? Look, Christian McCaffrey already potentially nicked up in one one still, game return and one I'm return. I'm still trying game. to find more information about his uh, his injury. When I do, I'll uh, I'll keep you posted. Nothing, nothing. I'm about to check the main. Right. Uh, Next call. Let's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We appreciate you guys being here with us. Uh, it's a place where Panther fans get to congregate. We're here live Tuesday nights, nine p.m. Longest running Panthers podcast, and we need y'all's support and help. And I'm going to tell you this: to be honest, this is how um, this is how bad the Panthers team season is right now. Our pa- our podcast numbers have dipped significantly from the past year or two and i have a theory and my theory is this is that we're competitive enough at all levels or often for not people like you either you our podcast listens the best they have ever been have been in 2015 right when everybody all he wanted to talk about the team or when we're like a shit storm the in-between is when people get to watch the game, feel good about the team, and move on with their life. Folks, the in-between world, help us get out of it. Download the podcast, tell the friend about the show, all of that jazz. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It is Theo from Asheville. Um, What's up, man? I just want to call just to give a couple thoughts. I was uh, very hopeful going into today's game. My buddies call me crazy, but I bet the Panthers... Uh, money line actually no spread so uh you know kind of grit my teeth as they score that touchdown with uh what seven minutes ago and um yeah i don't know about the onside kick call but uh what i really want to talk about is uh just how atrocious our front seven is 
I think that drafting Derek Brown has done absolutely nothing for this football team. Hmm. I don't think drafting a defensive tackle in the first round is uh, anywhere close to useful. I just don't think defensive tackles, unless you're talking about Aaron Donald, don't really make a difference in the league. And um, I just don't know, especially this guy. I don't know why he's drafted so high. So thoughts on, like, our – Mainly our front seven, and uh, what do you think about Derek Brown, our first-round draft pick so far? Because I think Mahomes has had all the time in the world to throw the football today, and it's uh, slightly concerning. Thanks, gentlemen. Keep the good work. Keep going. I'm not going to go that far. I'm I'm still high on Derek Brown uh, right now until he cleans up some of the penalties, though. We're going to continue to kind of you know not be wowed by him because – a defensive tackle doesn't get the sexy stats a lot of time. Today, though, he had three uh, three solo tackles, two assists, five total tackles, no sacks. Um, so I would say is that the jury is let, – let's, let's give him more time. And let's put some pieces around him before we start really I, – I, he's super country strong, bro. This guy yeah. is mega strong. So – I'm gonna. I think that he's not the thing to zero in on this defense just yet. And so I'll I think put, the linebackers are and the corners are, and I do think we don't have any help around him other than Brian Burns. Yeah, and that's 100. And you've brought this up before. Look how many times we just rushed three. Like when we were rushing three, we literally have two edge defenders, and we'll put uh, Derek Brown in the middle. Uh, listen, let me be fair about Derrick Brown, right? I'm not the Panthers GM, but I am a Panthers fan. So the decisions that I would make for the Panthers aren't often enacted by the actual team themselves. And then the fan of me has to come in and justify the pick. And I'm not saying that Derrick Brown isn't a good player or that it was a wasted pick or any of that. Um, if you followed me on Twitter or listened to me on this show before the draft, I told you guys that I thought Derek Brown was a very talented, freak strong, run stuffing defensive tackle. Um, and those are valuable. But I wouldn't draft that kind of player in the top 10. And I said that after having evaluated um, two or three years of tape from, from Derek Brown. Now, does that mean that he was overdrafted or that he's a bust or whatever? No, because, again, we're asking him to do so much. Like, he is already a centerpiece of our defensive line. Like, Brian Burns only is able to do what he's able to do because Derrick Brown is routinely eating up, you know, two and three blockers sometimes. So, again, that's what you draft Derrick Brown to do. Derrick Brown was never going to be an Aaron Donald type. Um, You know, he's not that kind of football player. He's not that pass rushing three tech defensive tackle. So with that said, I think he has a ton of value, but he's star Latulale for us. Like what we drafted star Latulale to be, we're hoping that Derek Brown becomes that same kind of player, if not better, because he does have more upside than star coming out of Utah. So I like Derek Brown. Would I have taken him with that pick? No, I probably wouldn't have, but he's still going to be very important to what the Panthers are going to be doing on defense for a long time to come. 
I think he is also is that we tend to just conflate all not we sometimes people conflate uh, both the three technique and the one technique. And I'm not trying to sound fancy schmancy on my own part, but usually you have a big boy run stopper guy that's going to swallow blocks versus a guy who's going to be more of a penetrating force up the middle and you know the Panthers really the defense is very resemblant of the changes we went through from 2011 to 2012 or maybe it was 2012 to 20 it was 2012 when we drafted both star and um star and was it 13 yeah, was it? yeah, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. We drafted Star and K one. Okay. So yeah, because it was eleven was Cam, twelve was Luke, Luke, and then Star. And, and you know what? Is both Star and um and KK benefited from each other? Oh right? yeah. Um, For sure. and we always and I will be the first one to admit that I was a. I mean, I've been a big KK short fan for a long time. Because he's, it was sexy. He's getting sexy stats, and I was like, "Well, if we have to pick one or the other, I want to keep keep KK instead of Star." So I will be the first to raise my hand to say that we underestimate. I underestimated um, the value of Star Latulale to those defenses at the time. But you know, the Panthers f- f- freaking stunk against the run in 2012. We got better in 2013. I don't know if you saw last year. We were horrific, and I know we haven't been great against the run this year, but it is better, and it is better with yeah. poorer linebacker play than anything. So I don't know where the sources of that improvement entirely are, but I got to believe Derek Brown is part of it, and I and I think this is that, um, you know, is that he's way better than Javon Kinlaw at this point, and and you've asked a lot. You've asked a guy to come in right away, and he's played like 90% of the snaps. I mean, he's like out there all the time. I'm okay with him. I want to give him more time. I want to put some pieces around him. Oh, and one other thing. Someone I saw on Twitter or somewhere asked me, would you prefer to build your defense if you had a magic wand today? Would you rather do it around Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald? And Aaron Donald is the only is the answer for me. But I think he's a freak show, bro. I think he's a more of a freak show than Khalil Mack, and that's telling you something. Yeah, he is. Also, his body. So, if we're talking Aaron Donald, his body type is perfect for defensive tackle because when you're in the trenches, the low man wins. And Aaron Donald is not tall; he's like six foot one, so he's not. He's already low when he's in his stance. On top of that, he's just violent in the middle and I mean, so yeah. hot, fast off the line he is he at he's, he's kind of like he is like when you mix a defensive or, or a pass rushing defensive tackle kind of with um who's the guy that cam called donkey kong that plays for the dollar yeah, yeah, it's like the it's like you mix those two together. It was like if if K one KK and damn Star were meshed together into a player. It's crazy. Um, all right, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up, C three fam? Chef Jeff here. What's up, Chef Just Jeff? Wanted to cousin. It's about a minute or two left in the game. And Chris McCaffrey just scored that touchdown. Regardless of whether we win or lose this game. 
Um, I, uh, I love the aggressiveness of, uh, the coaching staff today with, you know, with the exception of the well, a couple of defensive calls I wasn't very happy with, but, you know, I don't, I don't think Hilton is going to be there next year, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really happy about how aggressive the Panthers were today. They did everything possible to try and win that game. They knew, I guess they knew going in that that's what they had to do. And I, and I love that from Matt Rule. Um, going forward on all those fourth downs, all three of our touchdowns came with, uh, or our first three touchdowns came with, uh, you know, the, the fourth, uh, fourth down conversion. And that one by Teddy where, and that last one, that fourth and 14, that was crazy. Um, like I said, great game, win or lose. I mean, I know there's no moral victories, but you know, in a season like this, there are. And, uh, I was just really pleased to see how the coaching staff responded to, you know, a team like Kansas City where they know you're going to have to pull out all the stops and, you know, not, not only make, not only not make mistakes, but also do a little extra. And, uh, like I said, I loved it. Loved the, loved the offensive play calling. Um, want to see more. Uh, I'll be listening and I guess keep pounding. Keep pounding. Great call. Great call. Yeah, I think, isn't it? Um, I feel like the aggressiveness from this coaching staff, and you could say that it feels at t- that you, somebody might say, well, this is gimmicky. This is like college stuff, Punt, fake punts all the time. You know, these, cra- we don't do a ton of reverses. Actually, I feel like we do less of those things than North Turner did in some cases. Um, but it doesn't feel gimmicky to me. Like, it feels like this is what the type of, like, they punt when they need to punt. They take advantage, you know, they've been aggressive. I almost would say there's a couple of fourth downs I wish we would have gone for more just because, like, we're good at picking up three yards. And so anything in that fourth and four, as long as we're on their side of the 50, I'm, like, ready to go for it. Um, I think another thing that I liked about what I've seen from Matt Rule and Joe Brady is that, yes, we knew we were going to have to be aggressive in this game, but we had a fake punt earlier in the season that was a, that turned out to be a disaster, right? Where everybody, once they called it, and did, when they work, they're genius. When they don't work, they're disasters. But, you know, we didn't get gun shy. We didn't quit like doing what we thought was right just because it didn't work. And I would argue that in the Ron Rivera era, Riverboat Ron was never his natural persona. It was a forced, uh, and it was at a, it was at a forced adoption by him when things got so bad. He was playing for his job that year. Yeah. We, we had two years that we started off and it did not go well. And then 2013, his ass was on the line. It was 2014. It was 14. It was the year we had the 6-8-1 and one season. Wasn't it? That he I got the Riverboat Ron moniker. It was the year after because we went 12-4 and in 2013 with that when was, crazy when was that awesome Christmas? defense. When was that Christmas that we played the Falcons? Hmm, good question. We'll ask the chat room. Was that 13 or 14? Because I, I, I kind of in my head have like a remembrance of that being like, oh, okay, Ron's aggressive. Ron will go for it. Ron will he'll fucking do it. Um, but it was around that time period. But, yeah, no, you're right, Tony. You're, you're 100% spot on. And in, in his final days, you and I were saying, 
that he didn't deserve the the nickname Riverboat anymore. And you shouldn't do those things if they're not if you don't think they're gonna if they're the right thing. You know, you shouldn't yeah. like is that you shouldn't go you should just because some analytics guy tells you that you can convert sixty percent over the long run on fourth downs. You know, is that if you don't really truly believe in it, you shouldn't be doing it. And what I'm saying is I think this coaching staff isn't doing things just because they're gimmicky or the paperwork says it's right. I think they're making these calls because it's really part of their nature. Uh, 252-228-5098. Panthers podcast, how y'all doing? This is Jeep of RCA. Hey, man. Damn, that was a good game. I'm just fucking pissed we lost the damn game, man. Yeah. And I, I was a little disappointed I'm myself. I'm fucking losing. I really am, man. This shit is getting old as hell, and I'm be the first person to say this shit. And other callers can agree with me or disagree, and y'all can agree or disagree. Phil Snow got to go, man. That college defense oh, ain't working in the NFL, man. It's not. The Panthers played their fucking hearts out today, man. God knows they did, man. And Sly needs to fucking go next season, too, man. He, he needs to fucking go, man. You know, oh, if he would have made that damn fucking yeah, extra yeah. point, man, we would have won this game by a fucking point. You know what I'm saying? Or if we had to force the Chiefs to go for two, man. We lost by two fucking points, man, against the Super Bowl fucking champs, man. That, I mean, I'm just I'm sick of this shit, man. I really am. And Christian looked like he got banged up, too. You seen the way he was moving his neck, left his head, left and yeah. right. Ah, I hope it's not nothing serious, man. Curtis Sanders played a hell of a game. Christian McCaffrey played a hell of a game. Teddy Bridgewater played a hell of a fucking game, man. You seen that damn drop that he did? He had a fucking flip. And my thing is this. Teddy needs to start using his fucking legs. Start thinking what Cam needs to do. If the receivers ain't fucking open, take off fucking run and scramble for three or four fucking yards, man. That's all you got to fucking do. He's not Cam Newton. He's not Steve Young. He's not Michael Vick. You know what I'm saying? But he can move the ball if he, if he scrambles, man. Like I'm saying, this was a good game. I'm just pissed off I fucking lost. Phil Snow got to fucking go. Joey Sly got to fucking go. Always remember, y'all, keep pounding. Love the passion of the call. Love G. Cavassier. He's a big time. He's a longtime caller. He's a, he's a superstar caller. Disagree Cat with the call Phil Hall Snow. of Famer. Yeah. Cat call I, Hall of Famer. I don't think he's got the horses, dude. And I think this is that Russell Douglas is the best damn corner on the team. And he's like a retread off of another team that cast off. I don't think you really got a ton of talent back there. You're missing um, parts in the safety at safety. You got Franklin, and, and these kids are playing. They they are playing hard, and even on the defense, they're playing hard. I think holding the the Super Bowl champions to 33 and uh, what is the most prolific offense should be a compliment in themselves. You know, is and when it comes to Joey Sly, I first take this uh, plus sixty yarders off the table, right? Is that like is that whether they're made or missed? They're, they're you're a hero, but you ain't a zero when you miss a sixty, right? Is like okay, like that's not a problem. He missed one other field goal, but it did look like the wind conditions were giving these guys some problems out there. He was, and it was a longer one. I don't even have a problem with him. I dislike him less than I'll dislike Graham Gano. How about it that put it I'll put it that way. And I'm not saying that he's the answer. 
I just think that it does. It's a tough pill, isn't it, G? I told uh, Cody when we came in here, is is he said, man, I was this is a great game. I'm so this is my favorite game of the season. I said I was irritated, and I'm irritated like you because it was in reach, so close. You could taste it a little not, bit, not um, quite. but it wasn't. I mean, maybe it wasn't as close as we thought. Well, I mean, listen, that's that's why I'm like I really don't understand how people. Like, listen, man, shout out to Cavassier, man. Like we said, Cat Call Hall of Famer. But again, I, so I hear the criticisms of the three-man rush, like of the college-style defense. Um, but again, I don't know this. I mean, gee, your guess is as good as mine, man. But I agree with Tony on this. I feel like he's doing the best with the roster that he has. We are absent K1 short, which, by the way, again, if K1 was healthy and competing, Derek Brown would be looking even better uh, than he is. Um, Jutur Grossmatos missed a bunch of time. Christian Miller opted out before this season because of COVID. Uh, uh, our defensive backfield is having to play guys that were not set to be starters. Like, there's a level of reasonability that you have to have when talking about all this stuff, man. And again, Joey Slide, I don't know how you blame a man for not hitting the longest field goal in NFL history, man. Like, I, what, what more is that man supposed to do? How about this? He missed the one I earlier. Feel, the one earlier in the game, I think, is probably what he's more referring this? to. How about this? I feel Wasn't like, there one? Didn't he miss one earlier in the game? Yeah, he, he? Missed, he missed and Butker missed. But as you said, yeah. it, was a, it was a windy day up in Arrowhead. Um, and then number two, how about this, Tony? I think there are, other than Joey Sly, there are maybe two other guys in the NFL that could even attempt to make that kick. I think Harrison Butker on the other side of the field is probably one of them. And I would say Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens is the other one. Like literally Joey Sly is probably the only other guy that has enough boom. And I'm not talking about accuracy, just enough horsepower to kick a ball 65 yards. Like that, the the one they asked him to do today was uh, you, so if he would have made the one he missed by inches in New Orleans to tie the game up, it would have yeah. been the longest kick right in NFL ever. history. Ever, yes. This ever. one was further and outside. <laughs> and I actually want to say this is I don't even think we should have done it, and I wonder why. And I think that maybe that says, and I I don't I hate to I'm gonna make some people mad. But what does that tell us about the – you thought you, you had just as good a chance as that, which is very, like, less than 1% as Teddy yeah. throw in uh, Hail Mary. And maybe that has to do with the offensive line. Maybe there's some other things. You know what I mean? There could be a lot of other things. It's not just Teddy, 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 Teddy. But I, 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 want to, I think this is like Derek Brown. I'm going to say, give Phil Snow time before we make a judgment. And I promise you this. If you want him gone, you're going to be disappointed. Because yeah. I don't see Matt Rule. I see that Matt Rule would fire Joe Brady before he fired Phil Snow. He's like Ben is dude. But also someone said that, what was it? Uh, it was Salesman on Twitter is the Phil Snow press conferences are awesome because he has, it's like Barry White and he looks like an old Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
He has the most scruffy ass voice. But I want to bring this up: is the Panthers today have gave up the second most points they've given up all season, and that's not bad. Thirty three. I know that's high when you're used to see it when you want to have a top fly top flare defense. But we gave up thirty four against the Raiders, thirty one against the Bucks. 16 against the Chargers, 21 against the Cardinals, 16 against the Falcons, 23 against the Bears, 27 against the Saints, 25 against the Falcons, and today 33 against the Chiefs. Not the uh, most prolifically great defense, but we have not been a sieve for points. And and all those teams that you just mentioned, Tony, with the exception of New Orleans and Chicago, all of those teams have pretty can, high-powered uh, offenses. They have high-powered offenses, man. They can attack every single level of the field. And did our you see we've played against those guys? Did you see we've played six MV- NFL MVPs in a row? Dude, dude, that's <laughs> and, what I'm saying. Man. I mean, dude, the only one like, that looks ridiculous up there is Nick Foles. Like you see, his I don't, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But have you seen Justin Herbert's list of the quarterbacks that he's had to play against? Like he's it's playing like against the same all the one. Fans. Yeah, yeah. And then that favorite order, you know. But I don't know, man. I think um listen, I, I really don't know what people expect out of this coaching staff, man. Well, you know, when we're I, in our I'm, feelings I'm, I'm too. Impressed. Yeah, you know, is that it does suck know. when you don't get any sacks? I thought that was a reasonable question posed to by people today. And here and in in you know support of what G uh, is saying is that maybe there is a a little hesitancy to blitz at all in, in his defense at this moment you know and and we saw that that's what like Sean McDermott was a never blitz guy and then Wilkes was a blitz every play because he had to um I wanted to make the comparison of hold on um oh Somebody, a lot of people on Twitter were saying this is that so you're trying to tell me they're down to their third string right tackle and we can't get a sack. Like, I mean, I yeah. guess that I mean, that's a reasonable point is that we weren't we know we're not. And, and I think that goes to what the caller was saying with the front seven earlier is that we are getting some pressure at times. We're just not getting home a lot. Um so, yeah, so the defense is going to have to improve before this team is going to win consistently. But one thing they have not sacrificed is a ridiculous amount of points. Uh, I think yeah. he's – let's see if this is a part – nope, this is a different call. Let's see, who's this? Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. I called earlier. Yeah, hey, Kevin. I was call here and kind of give Teddy his credit again, but that last drive, man, Teddy checked down. What the hell? Mm. I thought he, after he dove for that torpedo first down, I was like, all right, he's getting his shit. He's hitting it. He's hitting it. But then I was going to call up here, eat some crow. We're calling him out. But not after that drive. He checked down every fucking single time, except for the last one. Horrible. All right. I think it's fair. And I think one thing is if there is – Cody, when you were talking about this earlier about having to blister it to the sidelines, that's what you got to do yeah. in those situations. I do. Th- I, I agree. Like that's the true thing you got to do. 
But, you know, sometimes if somebody wants to give you a free 20 yards and you can move it and spike it, it's nothing wrong with that. The question I have is I wonder if there would have just been a better to throw it away than to come to check it. You know what I mean? It's one thing to say, all right, yeah, we checked it in the middle and he ran unmolested for seven, you know, for 12 yards or 25 yards because they were playing so conservative like we had seen some Panthers defenses do in the past, right? But, I mean, maybe sometimes just instead of getting three yards, you might as well have just saved the seconds and just thrown it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, I remember there was a third and 13 at the end of the game, and, like, they just ran a mesh concept. And, like, it's third and 13, and he just checks it off to – to, to Mike Davis. And I get the vertical route is supposed to draw the defenders upfield to give you room for Mike Davis to cut and take it upfield. But again, man, it's just like uh like there, there's a hesitation to to Bridgewater's play style. And a part of it is because I think he knows his talents too. It's like you're you're gonna try to get the ball to the sideline so that way they can get out of bounds and you can work the clock. But if you don't have that option available to you, then you just do what you know is, is going to work. And what's working for us is getting the ball in the hands of our playmakers and letting them make magic. And again, to that effect, Teddy Bridgewater has done well. But where his limitations always rear their ugly head is at the end of the football game when the game is on the line. Tony, how many games now has literally the game been in the hands of Teddy Bridgewater? Like I want to say and- that maybe the Tampa game was one that it wasn't, and maybe the Raiders a little bit. But I feel like all the other ones were kind of, there's that last hurrah of a chance that you really have. Who was the, uh, what was the, was it the Falcons where he threw the ball right to him right when we got the ball back in his hands? Or sh- that might have been Chicago. It was Chicago it, it and was, Atlanta. Like they're back to back. It happens really consecutively, yeah. right? It's like yeah. I mean, we have at least three or four different games where the ball has been in his hand after the defense has given us a chance, and either he throws an interception or. You see the noticeable. It was the Bears game and the Saints game that that happened, and then you could say yeah. that maybe uh, the Falcons game wasn't a Teddy Bridge like an opportunity. I have to go back and look at it, but I feel like um, that was a defensive shit show. But you know, I mean, and what are you going to do when you're playing Julio and Calvin Ridley? Like, I mean, it's just and they got a good tight end. I think it's Austin Hooper, or maybe I'm getting it wrong. Uh, the, they got a guy from. Baltimore. A score update here is interesting. Um, Hayden Hurst, yeah. score. Las Vegas up eight on the Los Angeles Chargers. Dallas beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-9 to right now. And Tua winning over so far against Arizona. This is my upset pick of the week. I picked the Dolphins to win this. I think people have already given up on Tua. After one Which week. Is insane. That's insane. But it's because they see how short he is. And then they go, well, Drew Brees, you know, then you can name these other quarterbacks. Kyler Murray. It's not like they're giving up on Kyler Murray on the other side of the ball. And he's a little fella. 
Um, yeah, they just think he's too arm. small. Yeah, but uh, his arm, though, even, even Tua, it's not even size. Kyler, if you're watching right now, he just threw a bazooka. Kyler yeah, has a He cannon. does. And People he's so are, fast. Tua's not that fast yeah. in comparison. Tua's not but, fast, and he doesn't have that cannon. Yeah. Uh, don't give up on him just yet if you're the Dolphins. No, and don't. good Lord. All right. 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. Hey, guys. Jason from Colorado. Get calling. I love that game. Everything was, that was everything I wanted it to be. Christian McCaffrey had a stellar showing back. I hope that he's not hurt too bad. I saw him wincing there on the sideline there at the end. Um, I think we played solid in all phases. I mean, our fourth down conversions, three for three. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, I've been hard on him just like everybody else. But I got to say, seeing that, that this, this, I think it was our second to last drive when he on that fourth and 15 when he took off running and jumped over the top. I mean, that that gave me Cam Newton flashbacks, and it was it was great to see that again. So, I mean, shout out to him. Defense um, could have made a bigger impact. I think Dante Jackson didn't play well at all. Um, I'm starting to lose faith in him. I, I don't think he's – maybe he'd be some of those – one of the players to think about trading. Um, I'd honestly much rather say? get rid of him than Curtis Samuel. I don't know if we could get it for him. But, was uh, he saying DJ? I think, I think that, so. you know, Curtis Samuel did really well today, too. Um, but anyway, I, it was, I, I don't think he's, I'm starting to lose faith in him. Um, could have made a bigger impact. I think Dante Jackson didn't play well at all. Um, I'm uh, starting to lose faith in him. I, I don't think he's, maybe he'd be some of those, one of the players to think about trading. Um, I'd honestly much rather get rid of what him than Curtis Samuel. I don't know have. if we could get as much for him, but, um, I think that, and, you know, Curtis Samuel did really well today, well, too. Well, you have to do um, it next year Anyway, now, I, it right? was, the guy that yeah, stood out the most, though, was Sam Franklin, you know, who stepped up for Justin Burris. And um, yeah. I think that he looked tremendous today. I don't really know a whole lot about him. I heard that he played over at uh, Temple, I think it was, with um, Rule, because all everybody on our team played with them somewhere. Um, but when he, uh, he got that big, you know, blew up that the screen afterwards, um, I think he got a sack, and that really—I mean—he single-handedly took three points off the board and made that a winnable game at the end. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm Cody, I'm sure you're going to be happy that uh, you know this is exactly like what you said—that we wanted to be right in it up until the very end and lose by less than a score. I mean, that's that's kind of the formula that we've been following. But it's really encouraging to see the coaching was spot on. I love the aggressive play calling, going for it against the Chiefs. You got to go for it against the Chiefs, especially. On the road, you know, you're playing, like Tony, you said last week, we're playing with house money, so what's the worst that could happen? So I think this, there was a lot to love from this. I think we're going to bounce back next week, probably get ourselves a dub. So anyway, I hope you all uh, have a good rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of these late-night games. See the Saints and the Bucks. I'll, I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, anyway, keep pounding. Great call. Uh, great call. Great Dante call. Jackson is, uh, is going to be a thorn in our side right now I feel like is that they gave a lot of they really puffed him up you know they're giving him his opportunity don't tell me that they gave up on this staff gave up on a guy that they didn't draft because they gave Dante Jackson the keys this year and they basically said prove it and maybe that's what we really see him from this staff is that you know some of our kind of frustrations on personnel side 
whether it be offensive line, whether it be a linebacker. Rule has said this is an evaluation year, and I think we are learning. I think we're learning now about Greg Little, right? Is the fact that he was and unless I unless I find out news that he was injured or some reason that was that they're going with the rotation. I think they're starting to evaluate. They've evaluated him and making some judgments, and I think we saw some of those today. I think we're seeing some evaluation on the tight end side when it comes to Ian Thomas and some other players, and when it comes to guys like Trey Boston as well as um, Dante Jackson. And someone did bring up the Trey Boston smash got he got mashed kind of like uh josh norman got mashed that the the by kelsey no 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 did you i don't even feel bad for him kelsey is so big dude kelsey is so big man he's so big and fast i don't even think anyone has a (laughs) poor guy is gonna have dreams about travis kelsey Stiff arming him into the dirt for the next year, bro. Nightmare, man, dude, he just did him dirty, bro. <laughs> like, man, I don't even know what else to say about that, man. Like, right. that's it, it happens to the best of them. I guess you just have to. Dante was drafted down, in bro. which which draft was Dante drafted in? Uh, in the same one as DJ, so 2018. So we have one more. We got one more year because he was a second round pick. Dante was. So I think we got one more year under contract. So you could move him in the off season. You could regulate. You know, there's some different things you could do. So trading him is not outside the realm of possibility, even though the trade deadline is moved on. We don't have the ability to get rid of any corner right now. It would be like us cutting a trading a tight end. Like then we just don't have any. Um, and cutting our foot off. Shout out to Corn Elder for being a player. I told you guys shit on him too much because the other team, because Ron Rivera and them threw him under the bus, put coming off an injury and putting him on Julio at the end of a game, man on oh man, impossible. Corn Elder's been playing pretty doggone good at nickel uh, when they've asked him to. Let's keep pounding through with these calls. Hey guys, Calvin Da. And I know we all just wanted to see that the Panthers were actually in the game. But when you're that close, it fucking sucks to lose. It does. That's that's what I was telling you, man. (laughs) Joey Slot's kick had enough distance. It just was wide right. It was on a different planet. The third quarter is what really kind of fucked us up. But, uh, man, if you look at the stats, Teddy had a good game. But if you watch the game, like, oh, this man is the check down king. <laughs> like Kyle Allen has nothing on him. I'm glad People they're saying it for us. Yeah. They're People saying it for us. Like a minute and 30. Yeah. No timeouts. And you got 90 yards to go. He, every fucking throw he, he threw was in the middle of the field on a fucking five-yard check down. In the middle of the field. He didn't throw an out route until there was five seconds on the clock. Like, common quarterback sense, man. That was – he is bad. The commentator <laughs> called it a moment. bad I play. It, man. I, and I've been wanting to defend Teddy Bridgewater, but oh, you can't help but notice the shit when, you, when you're watching every week. And, like, it's just becoming more evident. It's getting worse every week, I think. He, he's, just, he's not putting us in a good spot, man. And he does, he does good. 
But on on the final drive, if we were to get 10 more yards or we had 15 more seconds to run, maybe two more plays, that could have been the difference. And we could have went to Kansas City and won. But he consistently just threw check downs in the middle of the fucking field like a dumbass. I'm sorry, but, yeah. Other than that, I don't know. Third quarter is what fucked us up. Third quarter fucked us up. I hope McCaffrey's all right. I saw him got a little banged up on the uh, final drive. Uh, I just can't help but think if we had Jeremy Chin, I, I think we wouldn't even need that field goal at the end. I think he would have been able to guard Travis Kelsey better than anyone on our team because he fucking ate us alive like Julio today. So it's hard to not imagine what if we had Jeremy Chin today. I think we would have won at least by a touchdown. But... Anyways, we played hard. Matt Rule is, took more gambles than Ron Rivera ever did in his career today, so we gotta come up with that name. I love what I see from Matt Rule and the coaching staff. I just we need a quarterback that can stretch the field. And man, I tell you, we'd be fucking nasty. Anyways, guys, keep coming. Third quarter's been difficult for the Carolina Panthers' offense, and today it was difficult for their defense as well. This game was really decided for us in the third quarter where we had trouble moving the ball and we had trouble stopping them from moving it. And they were just gashing us and gashing us and gashing us. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's kind of, we've, we've kind of gone over the Teddy comments a little bit, a lot or a lot of bit on this. I did tweet early in the game. And, and I think that when you put all the discussion we've had on this podcast, as well as both the people who are, pointing out the good things that Teddy does as well as the bad things that Teddy has done on this podcast that we've really put together a, a pretty cohesive, like comprehensive discussion about him. You have said things like this. He doesn't throw the ball downfield until he just absolutely has to. I believe it's part of a conservative nature today, early in this game. I, and I am and yes, I mean, maybe I'm just like when I see it because I've seen it so much and then people getting on me about saying it that I want that when I see it, then I'm like, I, told, I saw it. But I was like, man, he don't even look past three yards. <laughs> I mean, listen, it used to it used to be just us saying this shit, yeah. but you're right. man. Like now people in the calls are like. Yeah, you guys called it. It's check down Teddy. Uh, yeah. By the way, I, want, I wanted to, uh, I, I like this. I wanted to pull this up. Uh, uh, Diesel Drew in our chat room says, Teddy is a temp. That's temporary Teddy. <laughs> temporary, temporary Teddy. Teddy. And, that, temporary Teddy. And, and, and let's highlight J-Dub, too, says, did you guys, would you rather be blown out? And I, I think we have gotten exactly what we yeah. wanted on this podcast the best case scenario and that is not to be over well i didn't say if if you know what we would have the best case scenario is be like go 12 and 4 and win the damn super bowl but that also seems unrealistic we yeah. wanted to be competitive what did i say each and every, you you want to preserve draft status is something that's been important for our success going forward from your perspective yeah. Yeah. I have avoided using terms like tank or wanting to lose for draft status because I don't like the stink. So what I say is I want us to get better from week to week. 
I want to see a competitive team with watchable football that's endearing, and I think we're seeing that. And you see a lot of different things. J-Dub said, this is going to become a place or becoming a place people want to come play at. And so what we're kind of getting the best of both worlds at this moment. You have the optimism of the future. You have the uh, opportunity. You have the opportunity of the now a little bit. And I tell you this is I didn't watch Thursday night football this past week. My wife was hanging out, wanted to hang out. And so we're hanging out and she went to bed and I turned it on for the second half and it was 33 to three. And guess what I did? Changed the damn channel. Like I'm yeah. just like, right, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch something else. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. We ha- no you, do you know what I have not done? Haven't changed the and not that I would ever probably change the channel on the Panthers, but there's not people aren't having to do it's one it's like there's a lot of good things to be happy and excited about and there's also a lot of truths to what the criticisms are about players and the reality of the team. Let's keep going through the calls. Hey, one more time, hey guys, guys, you know last yeah. week after. Go ahead. You know the the said so you were mentioning the Cowboys and the Steelers and how the Cowboys are up. You know who's quarterbacking them right now, right? Well, of course, because he comes from quarterback you, also known as Carolina Panthers. Tell yeah. him who it is. <laughs> Garrett Gilbert, baby. Yeah, they they brought him in, and uh, he's made some he's made some good plays now. I've, I've also, what happened to Kyle Allen? Tell us what happened to Kyle Allen. Yeah, today. and we do need to talk about that, man. Um, man, Kyle Allen, dude. So, that Washington football team, I even think that stadium is just cursed. Uh, Kyle Allen today had um, another Alex Smith, Dak Prescott type of injury where he just had his whole foot turned sideways, man. Um, someone came down and landed on his leg wrong, and yeah, he had this whole shit twisted sideways. And then Alex Smith, his backup, comes in and ends up throwing a touchdown, the first that he's had since 2018, when he sustained that same kind of crazy injury on the same football field, man. So, um, listen, man, we talked a lot of trash last year about Kyle Allen. Yeah, you don't want to see people get hurt. Nobody ever wants anyone to get hurt or not be able to play uh, the sport that they love and how they support their family, man. So, uh, shout it out was, Kyle Allen, prayers up to the man. Hope it gets better soon. I tell you what, he definitely has the right inspiration already in, on that football team to help him through this, doesn't he? It was, um, you know, the my wife's a big Georgia fan. I'm, I pull for the Bulldogs as well because I married into it. And um, there was a play by a Georgia receiver yesterday who – was basically his face was in the grass and his toes were pointed at the sky. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, that's the type of injury you're talking about. And so, yeah, um, whatever you do, just uh, hopefully, you know, the best to Kyle Allen uh, and him in his recovery. And you do got (laughs) to... Boy, there's a stink on that stadium when it comes to the Redskins. And, man, I wish they could have beat the damn Giants, though, because I want (laughs) the Giants to continue to just suck just in misery right now because I don't think – I think that – I also predicted that the Redskins would win. Uh, Let's go with the I was pissed. But this week, man, listen, we might have lost, 
But um, goddamn, did I not? I absolutely loved that game. I loved how aggressive they were. If the Panthers hadn't gotten the fake punt, the fake onside, the the fourth and fourteen, any of that, I would not have been mad. I mean, there is no reason to not just fucking go for it. We're not going to make the playoffs. We're playing the Chiefs. We might as well give them our best shot, and we absolutely did. The defense. I was expecting our offense to play great, but you know our defense really put up a good fight. And in the first half, I know they let up less points, but I actually felt like they played better in the second half. It felt like in the first half, Patrick Mahomes was just missing passes and he wasn't really playing that well. But the defense really got pressure in the second half. Um, I don't know. They just play with a lot of heart. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. It it breaks my heart to say that he's not the guy because I. I mean, the way he fights for that team, the way he jumped on that 4th and 14, just the way he plays for this team, I mean, it hurts me to know that he's not the future of this team. But uh, I'm still excited to see him play for the rest of the year. It's a fun team to watch. Joey Sly was just unlucky. Uh, I mean, the onside kick was good. His field goal was good. He just wind-pushed it, and the, it, just, it just wasn't his day. I mean, Ian Thomas. You know, I saw a little bit more of him today. And the one catch he made, he he fumbled. I think we might have another Will Greer situation on our hands where everybody wants to see him, everybody wants him to get out, and then when he actually gets out, but you're like, why isn't he out there? Why isn't he out there? Why aren't they using him? And it's like, maybe he just sucks, you know? Maybe it's like <laughs> Will Greer. You know, we all wanted him to be out there. We're like, why aren't they putting him in? Are you not seeing Kyle Allen? And they put him out there. He yeah. was even fucking worse. Yeah. So, I mean, also, I saw something really weird. Um, you know, I, I I know PJ didn't really complete a pass last week, but I, I thought he, I I liked his arm talent, and I just thought it was strange that he was inactive for today's game. I just I don't know. I thought that was a weird note. I guess they're trying to keep Will Greer still spirits high, but uh, whatever. I've been I've been uh, I've been rambling on here, guys. Love the podcast. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. That's the call of the night for me. It's a good call. I thought it was a good, good call. call. I thought I hit a lot of good points, and you know what? Is I, I just agree with all of it. You know, I mean, it's like, what can you not be happy about? A, B. We talked about Ian Thomas being out there a lot, but guess what? Non-factor again. Um, mm-hmm. The defense played with a lot of heart, despite going against the most prolific offense in the NFL, arguably. I mean, yeah, you, we can split yeah. hairs about maybe Seattle, you know, Buffalo, maybe Buffalo, I guess. Who would else would it be other than Seattle? The defending Super Bowl champions who have only lost one game this year. That's who we just brought to the edge. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. You, you have, Listen, man, if you're a Panther fan, you deserve to feel proud, man. You're not going to win them all. And, again, you said, Tony, that you're avoiding the T-word tanking. I agree. I don't think that we've ever been uh, wanting or willing to do that as an organization. Fans might want it, but teams don't do it. But one of the things that we have said is that this is a rebuilding football team. And what more could you want from a team that just drug the, the defending Super Bowl champions to the brink? If anything, that should give you hope that this rebuild that we're going through isn't going to have to last three or four years, man. We are a few key pieces away from being a legitimately good football team, man. And I think that we're a quarterback and a few offensive linemen and uh, some defensive players away. And if you have a good draft or two, 
That's not hard to do. The Panthers, however, need to fire the guy we have in the front office right now. Because if you're not happy with Will Greer, be mad at the guy that drafted him. And that's Marty Herney. And that does not spell good for a future where the Panthers are going to have to depend on that man to pick their quarterback of the future if he is indeed the guy that's going to pick our next dude. So Herney has to go. Herney has to go. He has to go. Has to I'm, go. I'm not going to oppose it. I'm not going to oppose it at all, right? Is that I've I've tried to make arguments about some things that he's done okay and nicely, but you know what? Maybe you've had your opportunity. The one thing, though, that may does concern me is it seems like Matt Rule, since we picked Matt Rule over Marty Herney, and they have this kind of good working relationship, could maybe Matt Rule and them can turn Herney around in a way, and that is they got a muscle – they got to have some more confidence in them, but it doesn't sound like they've really been deciding the picks as much as we thought they were, or at least the the kind of one-off statements we've gotten from Rule haven't suggested that. Uh, yeah. Other good thing about this is that not only are we comp- is watchable football, but the the coaching staff who is has limited experience. Let's just be honest. Matt Rule has limited head coaching experience. Yes, did he do some great things at Temple and at Baylor? But he wasn't there for extensive periods of time. Um, on top of that, Joe Brady has he shown a lot of promise and stuff. Yes, but is is his uh, coaching experience extensive? We're getting good game experience both for the coaching staff. And for these young players this yes. year, and I that is exciting. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up, C three podcast? It's Run DMC Lovato. And uh, first thing right? I want to say is, what a game, man! That was entertaining from start to finish. Uh, this game, I'm, this coaching staff, they came to play, man. And so did this. So did this. So did these was players. Was this man. Tyler's Every call from season. earlier? Even Teddy Bridgewater, which I'm about to get into in a minute. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so okay. Keep back. What is what up, happens guys? When I do them out of order. It's Joey. And sometimes I feel like we Carolina Panthers play better. Joey's just in time. When we're not supposed to win, than we do when we are supposed to win. Kind of noticed that like last year too, but I mean, we went, we went and got ourselves a legit riverboat. Like, you know, Ron was only a riverboat when, uh, when it, when he thought he was about to be replaced. Yeah. This guy's a riverboat in the seven year contract. I mean, <laughs> and Teddy's playing with a lot more confidence. I mean, Teddy might be Teddy, but he's better than he was with the Saints last year. And, um, we almost won the game today. The Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, no less. Anyway, guys, I'm I'm really happy with this, and uh, hope we can do something similar and maybe something better against the Bucks. Who knows? But anyway, guys, wow, wow, wow! Arizona tied it up, Love folks. It. Good, good call, Joey. Um, Chargers pull within two. Uh, Dallas still on top. By the way, by the way, uh, 
dude, those Chargers uniforms, are those shit not cold as fuck or what, man? That shit is clean. Maybe I'm alone on that, but I think those dark blues that the Chargers are wearing, man. That's, I can't see that's, them. I can't. Their game's not on TV, pass, and I'm dude. not watching. I got. I'll. I'll look them up. Um, let's keep going. Hey, C3, what's going on? It's Tree City. What up, Tree City? Man, that game. I'm not even mad. Um, to be honest, that is uh, that's probably like what I envision this team to look like. Uh, pretty much as a whole, man. Offense finally scoring, you know, or thirty points. Um, pretty almost seamlessly. Um, Teddy um, was pretty good out there. Uh, spread the ball pretty well. Shit. Uh, you know, even CMC, I like the fact that he came off the field. Well, I know he just came from his injury, but just uh, to rotate him in with Curtis Samuel, even Mike Davis. Mike Davis, I got something for you later, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, fuck later right now. Mike Davis. Come on, man. I mean. What'd he do? Uh, you're supposed to be a vet. Come on. You, you, you get that ball. You run the fuck out of bounds. Oh, uh, at the end. CMC, oh, okay. he, he caught that little two-yard pass, and Dave, like he, he ran his fucking all to make sure his knees ain't touch the ground as to run out of bounds, save the clock. Mike Davis, he did it back-to-back and wasted, what, almost 20 fucking seconds, if that, probably more. Uh, shit, we could have used that because that last play where they threw it towards the sideline, just try to sneak a uh, close field goal, that was tough. I like that for Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Man, I might I might use all this fucking time. I have to call back. Um, matter of fact, uh, yeah, I have to call back. He said, uh, "I'm gonna call back." He wants to get part two in. Here we go. Hey, Tree City, uh, part two. Yeah, I was talking about Mike Davis should have got out of bounds. Uh, uh, I think I was giving um respect to Matt Rule. Matt Rule, guys, man, I don't know if anybody else sees this, but Matt Rule is. Uh, he, he is something. He's something else when it comes to coaching, man. The yeah. fact that he went to this game with the strategy of do what we do best, dink and dunk, get positive yards, take advantage of KC's uh, pretty medium moist ass defense, and just march up and down that field, take as much time off that clock, just to get that fucking ball away from fucking Pat Mahomes, man, before he fucking finds out Dante's fucking shitty out there with his toe and carve his ass up, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, rule, man, just imagine, like, in a couple years, we get some talent uh, added on, we get chemistry, because that's one thing we, we especially lack on defense, chemistry, because there's no talking on defense, man, there's, like, there's no communication, there's there should be some type of synergy amongst, you know, the D-tackles, amongst the linebackers and D-tackles. There should be pairs out there, man. I mean, you know, whatever. But that's going to come in time. You know, but uh, but this game, I'm not mad. Uh, the future is bright. I like how we're going to look and uh, keep pounding. Keep pounding, man. Great call. Shout out to Tree Fidget, man. Yeah. Uh, and listen, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me while listening to that call. I think 
what we're hoping is that Matt Rule becomes our very own version of Pete Carroll. And what I mean by that is you're talking about Whoa, a culture. What a good, good analogy. Yeah, you're talking about a culture builder. So, like, Matt Rule is not the guy that's like Joe Brady that's calling the X's and O's is dicing up the defenses. He's also not that on the defense either. He knows how to motivate guys to, to play hard, and he knows how to put the right people in the right positions. So it's not a surprise that we went out and got Joe Brady. That was because Matt Rule knew the kind of coaching staff that he wanted to build. And I think that's really kind of what we're seeing, right? And by the way, if you even Pete think Pete Carroll got it, an extension today or this week, by the way. Oh, did he really? Yeah. And he deserves it. He deserves Hell it, man. Yeah. He his, his coach, he's like 120, 120 wins and 60 losses. Dude, the Seahawks are always a contender. Like, ever since Russell Wilson has been their quarterback, they've missed the playoffs like one year, I think, which is bananas, dude. Like, if if we can build our own little slice of Seattle here in here in Charlotte, here in the Carolinas, man, I think we could be sitting pretty good, man. That, I told that you like a bad look for us. I told you I don't like vin- uh, don't do this for vindication, but to show consistency of some of my perspectives I've had doing this podcast for eight years. One of the main things that I complimented Ron Rivera at the beginning of his career was his willingness to fall on the sword for his team at any yeah. moment, right? And that is, we got to go back. We're gonna we it starts with me. I got to fix this. We're gonna get it right. After the Super Bowl, I content, I said that Ron Rivera significantly changed from being that type of guy uh, to being a guy that was uh, a little w- too willing, even if it was necessary or it, not necessary, even if it was correct to point out how some of his players maybe played poorly or some problems that came up. Um, kind of, I won't say excuse making, but more diverting blame away from himself a little that truly happened i believe after he won the second coach of the year i think that was his second by the time we got to 2015 if it wasn't after the 2015 season i tell you one person who doesn't ever do pete carroll is the biggest fan of his players whether they deserve it or not and he allows other people you know what make the gm the bad guy Make the GM the the guy that comes in and cuts the players and makes the hard things. Pete Carroll's over there chomping that gum. He's cheering for his team. He's like, like, I didn't see that hit. (laughs) He's like, oh, you thought that was a person? No, I didn't see that. He's like, I I thought it was warranted. You know, he is one of the boys. He's yeah. one of the guys. It's it's fun. And may, and I think I love that, Cody. That's why you're the most popular person on this podcast for comments like that. Uh, let's keep blasting through these calls. What's up, guys? It's Jared Payne here. I know What's I'm up, always man? throwing shade at Cody for all the Cam Cam love. I I do love Cam as well. And, in fact, I bought the damn jersey. And it's uh you know still folded up in my closet. Anyway, just want to say great game today. I uh, love you guys, and um, I just know that the best is yet to come. Anyway, I just thought I'd spread some positivity. We have a lot to look forward to. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Teddy did look strong today, and he showed his heart. You cannot deny that, Cody. You know who I am. I did. Later. I did. I did. Uh, I did. 
I didn't, and I hope uh, I hope you listened to the whole show, man. Because again, I, I I think Teddy did some good things today, and I think I'm gonna tell you Bridgewater his credit for doing some good things today. So yeah, man. But ultimately, yeah, I like the positivity, man. Like I said, I'm happy today, man. I know you and G and a lot of guys were disappointed, but you know how I feel about the draft. I feel like we're one good draft away from uh, really putting together something special. And that our, uh, well, especially our when you throw in free money. agency, we're going to finally yeah. have money to maybe what say, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and a uh, big shout out to all the listeners and callers and people in the chat room. Uh, I, t- I said that the podcast uh, listens have dipped, but you know, the community has not taken a dip at all because at all. Um, look, J dub has been here since day one with us. Uh, oh, Joey the blind the- p- panther calling in. I mean, you got a lot of compliment. You know, we're getting these great voices in um, in the calls. G Cavassier, a legend. Um, you know, so look, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us um, and chopping up this Panthers football. Hey, my apologies, Tree Fitty, and this is, uh, I guess, a, a part three. What up, Joey Sly? Man, y'all need to leave Joey Sly alone. Harrison Butner fucking missed one too. Yeah, and Joey, he got no he got a fucking powerful leg on him. It was windy as hell out there, and he was still, you know, doing his damn um, good job as far as uh, I'm concerned. I mean, shit, second gear kicker doing a lot better than Grant Cano when he was a second gear kicker. I tell you that. I hate Grant. It's facts. He's having a good Joey season. Sly, let that seed grow, man. Just let these seeds grow. Give it time. I like it. All right. Thanks for yeah, the call. Man. For sure. I mean, we yo, yo, it's QT. No, yeah, not that, man. No, we're, we're good with Joey Sly. I, I don't blame Joey Sly at all for the events of today, man. You can't blame that man for not making the longest field goal in history in Arrowhead with the wind blowing. So come on, man. It's not Joey's fault. All right. Let's pound through these calls. Well, if I press play, you got to play. Yo, yo, it's QT. I thought this was a live thing. I thought I was calling to get in line, but it's, it's good, man. All everything, I just need to put up a petition to get Whitehead out and put Carter in. Um, hey. And then Joey Sly need to make at least one motherfucking field goal to uh, to win this game. Goddamn. Keep counting. Pause up, y'all. <laughs> Oh, and Davis needs to get the fuck out of bounds when he kicks those balls with no timeouts. Oh, that's the second time. That's the second time we heard that. Hey, man, hey, listen, Mike Davis is undrafted, but he's not above criticism too, man. Like, whatever, you you know, everybody. We didn't play him at running back today, though, and I think that is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I think we should have. I think we could have mixed some things up a little bit better in the backfield today. Uh, but again, these are minor criticisms. And uh, it we have not cracked the nut on how to have live calls where I can get people in my, like Cody, to hear. So if we had, I can do live calls where I talk back and forth with you. The problem is, is that Cody can't talk back and forth without this echo and reverb we've been trying to figure out some things uh who was it that uh good good listener of the show that recommended it to us you talk with him a lot on twitter where you yeah, said y'all gotta check guy. out yeah um 
I'm gonna have to. Uh, I it's think it's from uh, Raleigh, homeboy from uh, my man from Raleigh. Uh, he, yeah, Darius from Raleigh said we gotta continue to look into Discord. There might be yeah. some opportunities. We'll keep we'll keep getting after it. And um, uh, other than that, I think that's a uh, here's the last call. I think. Hey yo, y'all need to put some respect on my boy Herney right now. All right, porn star Herney is the goat at motherfucking first round draft picks. If you don't let me on this motherfucking line. That is true. He's very good at picking first round draft picks. Sadly, though, that is not the only criteria I have learned. Uh, what was that? Run it. That they... was that was cute. That was the same guy. That was QT from. Oh, that he's, was QT. He's been in the chat. He's been in the chat. QT zero. Yeah, QT hurting it, bro. What are we talking about, dude? First round. He got to hit some other rounds too, man. Like you yeah, know, he's just been uh, okay. He's done some. You know what is he's? But I think he's been a little bit better in his second iteration as a a GM. But again, it's yeah. not. It's is it's one of those things. Is like when do you just say it's not enough? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Uh, Day Dub said we did have one live call back in the day, way back in the day, where I forgot to turn off the um the like to the turn on the automatic messaging it's not that you guys can't hear the call i think you guys can hear it i just don't think that you can speak to the caller that's yeah, where the real so, problem is and yeah. then it's not fun if i'm the only person um you know being able to live respond but i'll continue if you guys have some problem solves if some other people are able to do it um we'll figure it out we'll continue to um you know, grow and get better as a podcast. We'll be here on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Um, I think we've covered this game pretty comprehensively. I do want to give out, uh, we'll do uh, our J-Dub chin check. In, man. Yeah, J-Dub, it was, it was J-Dub, and I answered it. Like, all of a sudden, the computer started answer, uh, ringing, and oh, I answered oh, it, and it worked. Oh, okay. This was a long, okay, okay. long time ago. Um, okay, the chin check we give yeah. we're our chin check is the defensive player of the game um and where we you know in this year in past years i guess you could have just almost given it luke keekley every year uh every game um you know there's not that many great defensive players on this team at the moment you know um some guys playing a little bit better than expected some guys playing worse than expected probably be better to give a bad defensive game ball out than a great one. I'm kind of starting to get into the rhythm is here. I'll let you go first. Cause I think you're going to just say your favorite player. And that's who I think the easy low hanging fruit is. No, man, actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm, you know what? Because today I'm going to give it to, and, but this isn't just a defensive player, right? Like, can we, can yes. we give this? Chin check is the de- defensive okay. player. Okay, 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 all right. All right, well, then if we're going defense, I'm going Sam Franklin, man. Uh, maybe that's, that's who, who I was going to go if you oh, okay, went okay, with okay, your okay. boy. So, good, oh, okay. good. You go with uh, Sam Franklin because I'll go with your boy. <laughs> yeah, man, listen. I mean, I, I think uh, Sam Franklin has been a uh, – uh, you know, we've mentioned a bunch of names, you know, Troy Pride, um, a few of the guys that we drafted in the later rounds that someone might uh, step up and kind of uh, fill a vacancy for us. And really, Sam Franklin has come out of nowhere, man. Like, he's a name that nobody really had on their radar in training camp. We don't really know a whole lot about him. But, man, let me tell you, he played out uh, today in some big moments, sacking Patrick Mahomes. 
He made some good plays to the football. Um, listen, whenever you have an opportunity to shine and make a name for yourself, you don't get many opportunities to do big things in the NFL. So shout out to Sam Franklin for uh, for really having a good game today and uh, helping the Panthers get in position to potentially win against one of the best teams in the NFL, man. Shout out Sam Franklin. That's my chin check pick of the week. My chin check pick goes to Brian Burns. Who just, you know, I don't know if we're, when he's going to become the complete player, but he's an impact player. And uh, just continuing to make big plays in important times. Uh, Brian Burns and on the offense, um, who are you giving it to? The, your game ball, your dab on them. Hey, man, listen, if, if today ain't the day, then there might not ever be any other day to do it, man. I'm a dab on Teddy Bridgewater. Let's go, man. Dab on the player of the week, Teddy B. That man has two gloves. And he wears the fuck out of a boy. Let me tell you, man. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's basically better than Lamar Jackson. Let's keep it real. I mean, you know, he's... Well, I mean, he's, he is the new Superman. No, I mean, like yeah, the great I mean, game today is that, depending on who you gave it to, since you gave it to Teddy, I'm giving it to Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis hey, Samuel's dude, doing everything in his power to win me back into his life. He has been yeah. whispering sweet nothings into my ear all season long, and they are working. And to the point that I saw, I think it was Mike Vela hit me up on Twitter and said, we got to extend this guy, right? Is I don't know what it's going to be, uh, but he is trying to get – that guy is trying to make it. So he said, I might not be a Panther next year, but I'm going to be playing football, homies, because he's looking good. Curtis Samuel is my dab on a pick until we get a better name for it, until we get some offensive powerhouse. Also – um, Christian McCaffrey is pretty dang good. I did want to ask you one question about the kind of college football and the draft, and it's related to Clemson. Yeah. Um, is Etienne going to – can he be better than Kamara and C-Mac? Is Dude, there a possible Travis world? Etienne, Travis Etienne is Alvin Kamara with a rocket booster up his ass. I mean, if, <laughs> if, 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 if Travis Etienne could – I mean, if uh, – Kamara could run a 4-3, then he'd be Travis Etienne. Um, uh, Travis really did himself a favor. He could have declared last year and been a first or second round pick. He decided that he wanted to come back to Clemson to elevate his passing attack. He has not been a good receiver for most of his time here at Clemson. But, dude, this year, Travis Etienne, he's had multiple games of 100-plus yards receiving. And whenever you have a guy that can line up in the slot and he runs a 4-3 and you can target him down the field and hand him the football and no one's going to take him down, the dude breaks tackles. I think he has the pro football focus record for the amount of broken tackles in one season. He's the all-time leading rusher in the ACC. Travis Etienne is the real deal. Tua Tua just said – Tua – Touchdown to M. Hollins, whoever that is, tying it up. Yep. It's going to be about to tie it up. It's going to be thirty-one to thirty. It looks uh, thirty-one thirty-one. Uh, watch it. Watch that, Travis Etienne, in your fantasy leagues next year, folks. All right, C three oh, Panthers yeah. podcast. Tony Dunn here at Cat underscore Chronicles. Subscribe on YouTube. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Amazon Podcast. I saw they have added us now. And uh, at my request, and then uh, code you can find us on Tuesday nights 
um, 9 p.m., Longest Running Panthers podcast, 252-228-5098. How can they follow you on social media and what you do, Cody? Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, hit me up, man. I'm I'm very sociable. I'll talk with you about whatever you want, man. It's not out of bounds for me. You want to talk football? You want to ask me questions? I'm down. Politics? Whatever, man. I'm down for it. We, we, I'm a, I'm a bullshit with you. And, Say um, nasty shit to Brinson Burson. That's unnecessary. It was necessary. It was yeah. necessary. It was necessary, bro. Brenton Burson was pissing people off on Twitter, and we all know that's the bastard love child of Jerry Richardson. And that's you know the best Jerry Richardson could do for him was leave him on the practice squad for a back few shots. Years. Yeah, man, he was giving his mama back shots. That's how Brenton Burson came to be, man. Uh, Come on, you know this, Tony. You know this. Right. He's at but Draft yeah, man, Tech. He writes yeah, for Draft Tech, Tech and you can Brand find the Cripple draft. Connection. Every uh, every other Wednesday, uh, you find a brand new draft tech mock draft, and uh, yeah, me and my man Jeffrey are doing the Cripple Connection podcast. Um, we're probably going back to doing it either Thursday or Friday, um, but we're gonna try and stream some Among Us at some point and uh, get a few people to do it with us. So, uh, if that would interest you as well, uh, message me on Twitter and uh, we can try and make that happen. All right, we'll see you guys Tuesday. Until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding, peace. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.